from Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and, and Ted. And him. Gentlemen, just before we get started with funky music, oh, I, oh, I, oh. I bow before you with uh, yes. my, my head held low. Um, okay. And I offer an apology for poor communication, which I know has upset mm. Stephen Rath Esquire of Jordanand. So <sighs> yesterday I posted just quite innocently to that WhatsApp group that we don't talk about. What a don't great show it. you guys are doing! Yes. And you yeah. know, though I meant with all good grace and in 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 the depths of my heart, uh, the the heart of my bottom that it was a general comment across everybody who's involved in this show, I do realise the communication was lacking certain detail <laughs> to give Mr. Rith, who was missing yesterday, he wasn't there. the opinion he wasn't there. that I was discussing just yesterday's show. Well, I would like just to correct live on air. And yeah, and I would like to correct live on air. It was a generic, well done all of you, patting all of you on the back, because I just love this breakfast show. Brilliant. Thank right. you, We got rid of that Apology bollocks. Let's have yeah, some music. <laughs> He likes us better. He likes us better. He likes us better than Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Typical Rye trying a distraction technique. Uh, uses his be- one of his best players and he's now trying to uh, make half an hour of the show about something the irrelevant. The wheels are coming off before the Darbish. <laughs> oh, the big Darbish. Darbish, mate, Here I'm telling you. Hey, have you seen what's happened with your mates um, fundraising? No, I haven't. What's oh, happened? mate, a big jump after after on the show yesterday. Big jump. They're only now one thousand. I'm a bit worried. I think they're only twelve hundred quid short now, mate. Oh, Let's big jump in, yesterday. Get in. Yes. Wait, did you hear, Steve? What, what I've promised. No. So if if my mate's fundraiser gets to fifteen grand before kickoff on Not Sunday, I'm going to refer to Sunderland versus Middlesbrough as a derby. As it, ah, as it should no. rightly be. As it should rightly be. Yep. Yep. yep, I know. Good stuff. I know. All for a good cause, though. All for a good cause. It's only, it's it's only anxious and worried Mackums that don't right, refuse to call it a derby. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> not so anxious. Not so anxious now that you've lost one of the, uh, your your players. It was inevitable, lads. I think oh, it was. There was what? too much, too much talk around it, wasn't it? But I mean, that's a nice, little, oh, it's a nice little. Business. learner. What a bit of it's business. It's a nice little learner, but there's a percentage going to Man City, isn't there? No, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, apparently, part well, of the I mean, deal, vi- part of the deal yes. is Villa pay the City chunk. Correct. Yeah, oh, vi- wow, Villa right. will cough up for it. Don't but, call Steve um, that. Obviously, obviously, we couldn't <laughs> couldn't get the full amounts, but some does have to go to the Man City coffers. Just what they needed, eh? Before mm-hmm. their uh, their court hearing this later this year, more money in the coffers. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, look, I I think it's yeah, it's 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 a big move, big money, big money, mm-hmm. championship. And, uh, Crisis what crisis, lads. Crisis what crisis. Eddie Howe uh, and his boys last night gave Villa one hell of a beating. Oh, and uh, gave your boys one hell of a beating. Mr. Mr. Good evening. Uh, wasn't very happy last night. Uh, played, played Newcastle United twice now. Uh, conceded eight goals. And uh, was left scratching his head, it has to be said. But um, some, uh, it was that, a masterclass from... That rhymes. Yeah. It was a masterclass. 
Masterclass Mate, from uh, that villa, that villa X account that deleted and ran, did a runner. Oh, yeah, that's, he owes £160,000 apparently to uh, Newcastle United supporters. So if you have found that villa, the, the villa uh, guy who runs that X account, um, yeah, maybe he's at the bank now making a large withdrawal. I very much doubt it, but uh, it was I was ironic, having a bit... Steve. It was ironic <laughs> that the error code was something went wrong on his Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it very much did. <laughs> I was just waiting. I was waiting for Steve to come out with a uh, Unai Emery, Prince of Wales, V Sports, Wes Edens. Your lad took one hell of a beating. Yeah, it doesn't mean that much beating Villa. I've got to be perfectly honest. It was. It, it should be par for the course. And and you know the fact that Newcastle, uh, you know, last night were only six points away from European place. Now only three points away. Um, and, and with a fixture kiss, uh, fixture list a little bit kinder than it has been in recent weeks um, is, is a blessing. Injuries, though, still blighting our season. Yeah. Alexander Rizak, not oh, too serious, not I'm pleased not to say. Good. Went off last night, didn't limp off, which is great. Um, that recurring groin injury, I think, is probably going to need surgery. I'm not an expert, but this is the third time now that he's had to go off with his groin injury. And hopefully it's just Oof. a precaution. Hopefully that's hopefully that means he's not going to miss you know, too many games. But Wilson is due back. Harvey Barnes is due back as well. So I'm not going to have uh, too many sleepless nights. Almiron seemed to take a knock last night. Debravka was in the wars. Uh, but Nick Pope, of course, um, you know, not, not too far away from um, you know, a making a It is, yeah. So, I mean, look, all I in all, all in all, I'm delighted, you know, that, that that's really given us a bounce in, in my step yeah, damn well. as, we're going, we as we're going to Luton. But, look, we can't take Luton for granted. They've beaten us already this four season. Nil. And then 4-0 against Brighton last night. <laughs> and, I, wow. it's that, and out of the bottom three now. Tom Lock the Tom Lockyer effect. I mean, he was there last night. First yeah. time he's been at the game since, um, you know, since his second cardiac arrest. And uh, definitely, definitely seems to be the, the, you know, the glue, if you like, which is, which is, you know, holding that team together. They're putting in some great mm. performances, but it just mm. seems as if they've, you know, it's given them some kind of momentum. And uh, yeah, they, if there's a team that looks like they're going to get out of the relegation battle, it's, it, it's going to be them, you know. Um, it's it's, yeah. it's yeah. exciting, lads. It's exciting. Top and bottom is, is exciting this season. And that's what you want. You want a competitive league. You want a league which, you know, if 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 you you know you're not your best, you you, you know you you end up you end up coming a cropper, and um, you just you just don't know. But yeah, last night Newcastle um, going to Villa Park. It's been a, a as Shankly used to describe Anfield. It's been a bastion of invincibility. Eleven months, seventeen games, sixteen wins, one draw. And now we can add a defeat to that, Mr. Emery. Um, and it's, yeah, it is. Yeah, that, and I think Newcastle. I think what it what it says about Newcastle is we love being the underdogs, and and it's still the same despite the fact we've had this multi-billion-pound takeover. Despite the fact we've spent more money in the last two years than we did in the previous fifteen. Newcastle just love that backs against the wall scenario and we've done it time and time again when the chips are down and everyone's criticising them and everyone's looking at them and saying uh, you know um, that's it now your bubble's burst they just love proving people wrong and, and what, a, what an unusual an unusual hero last night Fabian Cher so often <laughs> the hero at the back but to get two goals and I mean it's not the first time he scored a brace for Newcastle that was uh, that was back in 2019 his last one but um, he's just become such a you know such an iconic figure and Jacob Murphy back two games but again just you know showing showing his worth um, and, yeah. and he's, not, he's, he's, a, he's, he's really an unsung hero 
Joe, Jacob Murphy, and and, and, yeah. and he's another one that's been Eddie Howd. You know, you can add him to the list of Joe Linton and Almiron. He's um, you know he's one of those players who's just found a you know found a different level and. To see Unai Emery sitting with his hands on his head at the end of the match <laughs> and, and, and subsequently at the aftermatch press conference, he, I just don't think he could believe it. But I tell you what really impressed me last night was that little substitution made. You know, Villa made three subs, looked as if they had the momentum. Watkins scored, had a goal disallowed for offside, which, you know, I, I would have been annoyed if I'd been in Newcastle, if that had been a Newcastle goal, I've got to be honest, it was it was one of those VAR decisions which was literally a centimetre of his foot was offside. And those lines didn't look parallel when they drew those them again. Those lines didn't look no. parallel and that was that was no. unlucky for Villa but we'd been on the wrong side of, you know, the op- we'd yeah, been on yeah, the wrong side of that as well. Yeah. Like I said, balances yeah. out. But, you know, that could have changed the game but I think Eddie Howe then just thought, hold on a minute, we need Tino Levermento on here, um, let, let's show things up and, and he did the right thing thing it was it was it was you know it was it was it shows that Eddie Howe's learned uh, a lot but I, I gave Villa credit last night uh, you know they, they didn't give up they didn't give in um there was you know Newcastle bossed the game but I think um you've got to give credit to Villa and you've got to give credit to Emery and I think the difference between Villa and Newcastle is 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 not it, it's not massive um you know that the two teams that are going to be neck and neck I think for the next few years but I think the, the advantage Villa's got is Emery's got that European experience and they've they've managed mm. to manage they've managed to manage Europe albeit a lesser competition and the Premier League better than Eddie Howe but I think Eddie Howe will have learned from this season's experience so I think um, yeah I, I think I think they'll push each other on to greater things Newcastle and Villa over the course of the next few seasons but yeah good game good result Gordon Happy. mate Gordon Aww. for me oh my god I mean he didn't yeah. he didn't contribute you know I mean he, he, like he didn't get the, a goal you know what I mean? He, he, you know, he didn't get the headlines, but geez, he was a nuisance. And he's like, honestly, he, it, what a signing! I, on, when they, when you first got him and paid, was it forty mil? I think. I mean, yeah, I thought forty it was like, million. Wow, that's, yeah, I was like, that's overs. Do you know what I mean? There's no way. But now it's looking like the bargain of the century because he, he, honestly, is incredible. He is absolutely incredible, and what a nuisance he is. Uh, and a great job to send in to slot in there as a centre forward as well. He's he's a he's a very very good footballer. Uh, I special very, special very mention to Bruno as well. You know, Newcastle mm. have been Newcastle. Have, you know, we, we signed Tenali. He came in to do a job. Um, you know, obviously robbed of him because of the you know the, the much publicised situation that he found himself in. But Bruno last night gave a defensive masterclass. Um, you know, he sits back and, and just dictated play from you know from from in, just in front of the just in front of the back four. And and I thought he was superb last night. And he avoided the booking. Um, you know, he's only one booking away from you know from suspension. Gordon picked one up, so now he's one he's one booking away from a suspension. Um, but you know, ultimately, you know, he he just dictated our play last night, and, and and he picked out Gordon time and time again. But he also won so many vital free kicks. You know, there was there was so many so many situations. Where Villa were pushing, and you know, I mean, he got Kamara. Kamara got booked eventually, but he had Kamara mm. in his back pocket, and he and he he literally just he dictated the game. I, I was I was I was impressed, but I think Alan Shearer nailed it when he said, you know, it was just it was a team performance, a great team performance. He couldn't pick, he couldn't pick anybody out. My man of the match last night. I mean, Fabian Shear, two goals and a defensive masterclass again. But Dan Burn, um, much maligned um, under the spotlight. Everyone saying Villa were going to target Burn, and he was going to have a, an absolute nightmare I think he he almost dictated how the game was going to go because that opening 20 minutes where Villa really should have been coming at Newcastle and, and it's what they did last year the court is cold um, this this year they didn't do that and, and, and a lot of that was down to the 
the fact that Dan Byrne put in a couple of really crunching tackles in the, in the first 15 minutes uh, and, and silenced the home crowd. And as soon as you do that, we've said it about Newcastle and, and you know the Sunderland-Newcastle game. We said, you know, it, it, it's it's very important. As soon as you nullify a home crowd as vociferous as that, then you, you know, you're, you're halfway there. And I mean, Villa, Villa, Villa went the full whack. Like a lot of teams have done this season when Newcastle are in town, you know, firework displays, bloody, you know, pyrotechnics, um, you know, not something they do every home game, but it was just something that they clearly felt was going to get the crowd up. Um, and, and I noticed a couple of times Watkins trying to get the crowd up for it, but the whole gate end were silent last night uh, for vast, vast, you know, vast parts of that game. So, yeah, listen, happy, happy days. It's, um, you know, the FA, we're still in the FA Cup. Got a good draw in the FA Cup. Shearer, Shearer's, you know, the, the Shearer derby, Blackburn versus Newcastle. Um, you know, hopefully a chance of Newcastle getting through to the quarterfinals. And if we can continue with, with our league form, that's back-to-back wins now uh, with, with another couple of reverses. We need to beat Luton and need to beat Forest. Newcastle could be sitting pretty. Back in the top. It could be back Next in the top games, six. Steve, are very winnable. I've just looked Bournemouth, at that. Bournemouth's so next. Luton at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Luton, 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 Forest, and Bournemouth. Yeah, mate, that's that's a real, real serious chance of getting nine points out of them three games. There's no reason why you can't do that. That's that's propelling Newcastle really back back into contention, not only for Europa, but you know potentially even bigger than that. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, they're, they're there or thereabouts, and I think fair play to you know fair play to the lads for you know for just for putting that performance in last night. And you know, it's we don't want an after the Lord Mayor show at the weekend. We want to see um, you know we want to see Newcastle get back, you know back to winning ways at St James's Park. A nice win against Luton Town um, sets us up for the trip to Forest, and then hopefully you know we're back in we're back in contention for uh, for Europe. But yeah, long way to go. Nothing's decided until May, so let's see how things go. But uh, it's coming up to quarter past seven. Should we, uh, should we have some headlines, lads? Mackham's and Proud. Black Cats News. Good morning, Sunderland fans. Sunderland are closing in on a deal for standard Liège youngster Romain Mundell. Having kicked off their January transfer business with the signing of Leeds United defender Leo Hjelder early yesterday, the Black Cats are confident of also adding Mundell to their ranks ahead of Thursday night's deadline. A 20-year-old winger who can play on either flank London-born Mundell began his career in the youth ranks at Tottenham before rejecting a long-term deal at Spurs in search of more first-team action. Sunderland have confirmed Jewison and Bennett's loan move to the Greek Super League but have insisted that the winger is still firmly part of their long-term plans at the club. Bennett has struggled for regular game time in the senior side this season and Sunderland are keen for him to feature regularly between now and the summer. The 19-year-old is understood to be concerned about his place in the Costa Rica setup as a result of his limited appearances, so a short-term move is deemed to be the best avenue for all parties. Addis FC is Bennett's destination and they are currently fifth in the Greek top tier. And finally, tickets for our FA Youth Cup fixture against Swindon Town at the Stadium Alight are now on sale. The lads under 18s host Swindon in the fifth round this Friday, the 2nd of February at 7pm. Tickets are priced £5 for adults and concessions and can be purchased online. Season ticket holders can claim one free ticket by logging into their e-ticketing account and selecting their seat. They are your Sunderland headlines. Smoggies and proud. 
Borough News. Good morning, Borough fans, you beautiful humans, you. Aston Villa have agreed a deal with Middlesbrough to sign winger Morgan Rogers. He's gone, Borough fans, he's gone. It's understand the deal is agreed for an initial $8 million up front, which could eventually be worth $16 million if all the add-ons are met. The fee marks a significant profit for Borough in just six months after they signed Rogers for £1 million from Man City last summer. City also stands to benefit from the sell-on clause. We believe it to be between 20 to 25% of that fee as well. Rogers has travelled down to Villa today. Oh, I apologise, last night, and he will have his medical today. And albeit no hiccups should be signed by Villa tonight. In response to Rogers leaving, Middlesbrough have been trying all months to find a striker that is the right balance and choice, but have found it hard to come by. It remains to be seen whether Boris' cash boost from the sale of Rogers can be reinvested into the squad in time for transfer deadline day. And the anticipated return of Luke Ayling will add confidence to Middlesbrough's defence, which needs to get back on track in Sunday's mouth-watering derby. That's right. This defensive unit is well capable of earning a few shutouts in the run-up to May, and even though they looked a little... Be draggled. That's right. I said be draggled in my morning headlines in the Carabao Cup semi-final. The Borough defenders uh, were their own worst enemies against Chelsea with a slap-handed way they tried to play out from the back. But they're not going to change the way they play, says Michael Carrick. And having a few players in will surely tame, change things around. A clean sheet against Sunderland would set the scene and hopefully create the way for a derby double. The Black Cats might not capsulate as easily as they did the Stadium a lot, but there's something about a tease weird derby. That always seems to bring out the best of the borough. Borough will have a very different lineup from that at Chelsea. Bring it on up the borough. There's your headlines. Magpies and proud. Mags News. Newcastle United ended their winless Premier League run in style at Villa Park on Tuesday night, blowing away the hosts in a devastating opening hour before resisting an inevitable comeback to deservedly claim the three points. Two goals from Fabian Scher and an own goal from Moreno after great work by Murphy put the Magpies three up. And despite a rally from Villa and a goal from Watkins, the lads held on to secure all three points and set themselves up nicely for a home game against Luton Town on Saturday. The Times report that goalkeeper Nick Pope is expected to return to the Newcastle squad during mid-March, raising his own hopes of making the England squad for this summer's Euro Finals. 31-year-old dislocated his shoulder in the home win over Manchester United in early December. An estimate of a four-month recuperation period were made then, and at this stage appear to be accurate. Ben Dawson's under-21 side will play their rearranged Premier League Cup tie against Fleetwood under-21s at Highbury tonight at 7 o'clock. The Parkside stand will be open and tickets are now on sale, priced at £5 and £3. With two games remaining, Newcastle sit bottom of the group and need victory to boost their chances of snagging second place behind a, Newcastle, uh, behind a Nottingham Forest side who are already assured of the top spot. The meeting of the sides in this competition on Tyneside ended in a 2-2 draw, despite the Magpies holding a 2-0 lead with five minutes remaining. That's in Newcastle headlines on Wednesday morning. The on the okay, lads, where do we go this morning? Well, I want to start with Everton, um, and I want to look at the appeal hearing, which follows the 10-point deduction for breaching the Premier League profitability and sustainability rules. It's going to be heard over the next three days. Uh, the result of this hearing uh, won't be until mid-February. Why it takes so long, I really, really don't know. But... Um, are we going to see a reversal here, do you think, lads? Because the consensus of opinion, I think, from a lot of people was that 10 points for one breach of uh, profit and sustainability was far too severe. 
And to be fair, Everton have really done well in, you know, concentrating on the football side of things. You know, Dyche has got his team focused. They've done that thing that Newcastle did so well last night. It's that underdogs kind of situation. And, and, and within, you know, five games, they were back out of the relegation zone and saying 10-point deduction, what 10-point deduction? But... You know, ultimately, this hearing, uh, depending, I guess, on on the evidence that they can they can show. I mean, is is the ten point reduction going to be squashed? Because if it is, then I, I guess that there's going to be a major, you know, a, a major look at what what's ahead. There's other teams. Everton, of course, could be back up in front of the the authorities again um, at some point. Um, you know, they're talking about you know another breach. Nottingham Forest, of course, another team which uh, are, are facing you know facing uh, potential points deduction. And then, of course, like we've mentioned many times on the end, Manchester City, 115 potential charges to answer, uh, and, and and other teams. You know, of course. Whose you know books etc will be examined and you know every everybody faces you know similar kinds of punishment if if they've done wrong but yeah I mean it's interesting there was always going to be here and there was always going to be an appeal but do you think we'll see ten points the, the ten points either reduced or do you think we'll see you know maybe maybe it's squashed altogether it's it, it, it something just doesn't feel right about this I, I, and I'm I'm not sure what the situation is going to be right yeah no it's interesting to see I mean I, it's hard to to argue, uh, you know, or, or to say you're innocent. It's kind of like when you, you, if you get done for like drink driving, you know what I mean? And then like you, you, you want to go and contest that and all of a sudden you've got another drink charging charge. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, well, don't worry about that one that's coming up. I'm, you know, we're only talking about this one. Do you know what I mean? So Everton have been done twice now. They've been charged twice. And now they're saying, you know, while this second charge is being looked at, they're, they're still fighting the first one. So it's a bit, it's a bit messy. Uh, uh, and it's actually very... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Very, very weird for me to see to see Everton, you know, tr- contesting it. But obviously, they believe, you know, they're innocent. They believe that it was, you know, harshly dealt. We haven't seen ten points deducted off anyone else yet. Nottingham Forest, Man City, you know, and obviously we've spoken a lot about Chelsea and stuff like that. So you know, they've been harshly dealt. Uh, and you know, there's obviously, I don't know if they accepted it. They obviously didn't if they're fighting it in court. But I don't see it being overturned. I mean, I, I can't. I mean, I can't just see them reinstating ten points. It'd be like you know, turn, overturning a result from a VAR game. It's just, you just can't do it. So I think that's there to stay, but I don't know if they get proven not guilty, then I don't think she's uh, Premier League's in for a world of hurt. If Everton have a case here and they come out, you know, saying, well, Premier League got it wrong because how can they get it wrong? And then, you know, charge them 10 points. You'd want all your ducks in a lion before you go, you know, deducting 10, you know, 10 Premier League points off, off a club. So I think Premier League are in the in the safe here. I think they would have done their due, due diligence. They would have done their homework, and they would know that Everton, you know, absolutely messed up. Uh, and I think, you know, not only Everton going to have to face the music for this one, but uh, they're going to they've got one right around the corner as well. And it's it's going to get ugly. I, I, we said it from the start of the year. The financial fair play this year is going to play out a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot bigger than it did last year. It's uh, it's going to be. But by, by the time we have Christmas show. Uh, this time, uh, this year, it'll be it'll be a completely different landscape, I reckon, Teddy boy. But uh, you'd know all the riches yourself. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I, I just feel uh, <laughs> I feel Steve like like the Premier League are just pulling these punishments out of a lucky bag. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't think there was any thought process went into this whatsoever. I'm sure there was. I'm not going to you know belittle these. Uh, 
these uh, very intelligent men who run these organisations. Um, the the air commas are out, by the way. Um, I just feel ten points for a what what is essentially a first offence is very very harsh. And we've talked about this before. That right, well, if that's the case, and if Manchester City are found guilty, then they're going to be like having a what is it, a, a fifteen hundred point deduction. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, how do you do that? So how, how, do, how do you address a 1,500-point... I'm not kidding, that, that's exactly what it would be. Cause no, no, it's, yeah, it's, you're right, you're right. Sorry, no, you're 1,050, right. because it's, it's 105 uh, charges against Man City. No, it's too early. So they do 10 points for each one, it's 1,050. I do apologise, I, I, I had my maths all wrong. It's all right, so, we'll still uh, see them relegated to the Sunderland uh, Wearside and District ah. uh, Pubs ah, Third Division. Ninth string. But will you? How, how do they do that, Dave? How, how do they do So, right, they're going to deduct all those points, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if they're doing that at the end of a season... It doesn't matter whether you're sitting with minus ten points or minus one thousand and fifty points in the Premier League. You just get you get knocked down to the Championship. Yeah, well, relegation you, is relegation. You saw what happened. You saw what, well, you saw what happened with Rangers. So Scotland have set the precedent. They're going to be thrown to the bottom of the professional pile. So the the same could be done with City. Rangers were left. That was a different thing. Rangers had no money. I mean, they even owed the local newsagent Rangers. Yeah. And that, that's, that's not an exaggeration. They actually owed money to a local news agent for newspaper deliveries when they went out of business. Yeah, well... Which is just chronic. I mean, that's, that's a different punishment altogether. That was, that was almost like a winding-up order. But it's, all, um, it's already this, been discussed. Is, it's already been discussed, hasn't it? I mean, there's, um, there's all sorts of action that can be taken against them from, you know, being thrown out completely from, you know, EFL Football League and they're, they're going to have to drop into the conference. Down to there's talk of it. Down to <laughs> they might not have the cojones to do anything to them other than give them a fine exactly. and, and a couple of you know a couple of points deduction. But there you go. Mm. There you it's going to be it's, it's, it's going to happens. It's yeah. going to be crazy. Steve mentioned to be a little while ago, right? Steve, Steve, you mentioned this a little while ago that everything will be done to protect that perceived top six, the big yeah, clubs. And and it's um, I mean as, as much as as much as I want to see Newcastle you know, just hovering around seventeenth and just avoiding relegation and us probably just finishing a couple of places above that's 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 the dream situation um, but it, it, it's not going to yeah. happen and you've got to feel as a as a as a football fan and if I was a Newcastle fan God forbid um, I would be absolutely furious that that you guys are towing the line as far as FFP is concerned. And you know, there's there's genuine attempt to stick to the rules properly. There's there's talk if you haven't to sell quality players from the squad, in order for you to to try and improve the squad in the right way and within the rules. And then you see mm-hmm. this going on a couple of places above yeah, you. And you exactly. Think, well, why were even bothering is, trying to yeah. stick to the rules? Yeah, I mean, the problem they've got worry, is yeah. the problem they've got is they just haven't acted over the years because this this stretches yeah. back away. It's like Chelsea, you know, there's stretches back yeah, a long way. Exactly. It's not yeah. it's not like an Everton where it was done this you know if you like the last financial year, um, and and obviously the books were delivered and and then the punishment came, but. Um, Look, 115 charges, City face. Let's let's see what what comes out in the wash because this, this it could open Everton, a huge can of worms. This whole Everton situation is is intriguing. It really is. And we're gonna have to wait till the middle of February to to get the results. But if if they yeah. if they renege on giving them a 10 point deduction, then I just think I think financial fair play is is finished. I yeah. think yeah, I think the yeah. Premier League. I think the Premier League should stick to their guns. Be interesting to know whether there's it'd be interesting to know whether there's an increased punishment for an appeal. Um, yep. You know, because sometimes that happens. Sometimes, sometimes in certain situations, you know, when you when you're in front of the in front of a judge at court, 
um, people can appeal a sentencing and you know that they're actually given you know an extra couple of years for, for mm. you know once the case is once the case is reviewed it, it could be a case that you know Everton are, are given further sanctions but they've it obviously got so this quickly with them as well oh, it, yeah, yeah. it, it happened yeah. you know I mean it, it was within a couple of days Everton are guilty Next minute, we, there's 10 points deduction. I mean, we found out, what, a month ago that Nottingham Forest and Everton were getting done again? And we yeah. don't know what Nottingham Forest are facing. Do you know what I mean? And obviously, we all know Man City's dragged on. But the the first time Everton got charged, and for them to come out with the 10 points, it, it was like it had already been happening behind the scenes because it literally happened within the space of two or three days, I it, reckon. It could change the whole way of transfers as well because if you think about it, like what, you know, what, what, what they have actually been done for Everton was literally selling a player slightly later to try and get more money to try and appease and help the financial fair play but mm. what they actually did was they you know you know by doing that it it, it actually meant that the i think the breached financial fair play by you know just by a few million pounds um and had they sold had they sold the player to spurs um you know as they should have done earlier then they would have they would have got less money so this this could actually lead to a bit of brokenship when people come to the transfer window as well you know people might say well oh, we'll just buy him in the next transfer window you know because we'll yeah, get exactly. him cheaper it's it is definitely going to change the whole face of football. But, um, yep. yeah, interesting one. We'll watch with interest. Half past seven, it is time not, for not some quite. headlines. In the not quite. Oh, we've, no. got a, we've got a guest on. We've got a guest on. Um, sorry for hang, making you hang on there, Steve. Steve Burrows joins us just before we do the, oh, uh, hi, the sports headlines. I, I don't know where his loyalties lie in football. Which colours do you wear, Steve? Um, I'm actually originally from Salisbury, so I'm a Salisbury City fan. Salisbury but City, I, there you go. Yep. But I do follow the borough primarily up in the northeast. Oh, good man. Yes. We, we, we like the cut of that cloth. We really do. Yeah, good man. Yeah. Well, look, Steve. Oh, it's nice to have you on, Steve. We'll see you another time. <laughs> <laughs> see you, Steve. See you, Ted the Macula. You see the Jordy. Monday. Steve reached out and got in touch. He went, hey, fellas, I don't know you know about this British 24-hour karting race that's going on in the region, but uh, we're putting a team in and we need a sponsor. Can you help? So, Steve, we invited you on the show. Tell us a bit more about the event what's happening where is it and 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 when's it happening Uh, it'll be happening on the 9th to the 11th of august and it's happening here in teesside itself at the teesside autodrome the amazing team there have been organizing this now since 91 off the top of my head um and it is for the sport it is the elite for us it is the biggest challenge we can have as a team to be on a track for 24 hours racing against some of the best teams from across the world we have people from belgium we have people from france who come up and race against us and um it's an expensive sport and while we would love to be able to do it on our own it's just not something we can do on our own. So we're hoping out there there is somebody who would like maybe even the team named after them if they're willing to sponsor us to help us towards the cost of the uh, British 24-hour. Do you hear that, Rye? The world's best are attracted to Middlesbrough. <laughs> no, it's great, isn't it? It's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> is this the uh, is this the, uh, the the 24-hour Buckmore Park one? Is that the one you're racing in? No, it's uh, the British 24-hour karting race, which is held at Teesside Autodrome, just over towards uh, South Bank. Yes. Yeah, yeah, fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, look, I'd love to sponsor yeah. you. Um, I'm gonna oh, let me get some money off Ted. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you get um, this absolutely. notion from that I've got money because you're barking up the wrong tree. Uh, oh, oh, look, there's moss flying around in Cyprus. Ted's opened his wallet. 
<laughs> what do, I mean, what does it cost? What does it cost to run one of these teams? Because what well, there'll be is the four of you racing. I mean, how's it? How's it all work? How many people are involved? Yeah. Is it one cart? Is it many carts? Um, well, we all race on one one cart. Um, very similar to Le Mans twenty four hour race, which is worldwide famous. Um, so you have your team. We run roughly an hour and a half stint, and then swap drivers on the track. Um, and we're like that for 24 hours. Most of us won't sleep for the, that entire period either because Jeez. the excitement and the adrenaline's kicked in. Um, but the costs at the moment, just for entry, you're looking at two thousand pounds. When for entry. you then take it, yes, then then what, that includes your cart hire, fuel, tires, and a mechanic to look after your cart for you. Um, then you've got the added things of. Uh, suits, helmets, we've got to find ourselves communication equipment so we can talk to each other while we're on the track in yeah. case we develop problems. Um, right down to simple things like a gazebo so we can shout if the weather does decide it's going to rain on us like it has for the last two years at the track. So, it, it's, anything we can get can help towards purchasing a, one of them items or even help towards the entry fees. Yeah. So how, if, so, like, so, if, if someone wants to get in touch, how do they get in touch, mate? Um, if they would email me at sburrows959 at gmail.com, I will get back to them as soon as I can. And uh, would be happy to hear from anyone willing to help sponsor a local team. Um, I, I class myself now as a borough lad. I've lived up here for the last 12 years with my wife. Um, the other lads are from Darlington area. Yeah. Um, they were born and bred here. Sadly, the team captain has got a flat tyre and is... Uh, not been able to join us this morning <laughs> so don't get it on the track better now than on the track in <laughs> august mate yes that's exactly what i said thinking about that i think i can just see him sprinting down the road to join us so that that email address again is sboros 959 at gmail.com 959 have you got any idea how much you're trying to raise what do you need to raise ideally we'd be looking to raise around about 900 to a thousand pounds which helps us with half the cost yeah which we're all working lads um me and craig we are currently sat outside his workplace because he's got to go to work i've got to go to work um so if we can raise half the the initial fee it will help us greatly with being able to purchase things like the uh, jerseys the comms equipment and the gazebo and things like that so that's what we're aiming to raise Brilliant. and like we like we said whoever does if somebody does sponsor us the majority of that we are more than willing to change the team name to be their company or their name or oh, anything like that so. ted's, ted's races i can see it now ted get your hands <laughs> <in> your <pocket. laughs> go Ted. yeah <laughs> brilliant i see i like that now yeah you see he's interested yeah so sponsorship's needed <laughs> Around about a thousand quid to help these lads compete in the British 24 Hours pinnacle of karting racing coming to the northeast. Uh, that email address once again: sboros959 at gmail.com. Or give us a shout here at the uh, the Red the Cat or the Tune Radio stations. Brilliant, Steve. Thanks for taking the time out to talk to us this morning. Good luck, Steve. 
Thank See you very much, and uh, hopefully hear from you before the race, so we can speak more then. Yeah, let's talk about it. It's August, isn't it? So we uh, we'll, we'll yeah. be in touch a couple of times across that period, and we'll follow your progress. Obviously, on the day we itself. can go down and have a go. We can, <laughs> we can. We'll do. Well, that. Funny enough, saying that the course, the track does have um, what they call their open international days, which means you guys can come down on a generally Saturday or Sunday, or any member of the public, sign up to it. It's not expensive, and actually race the course that we will be racing on the that day the exact course which we race over that 24 hour period anyone is able able to join at the autodrome there fantastic so, that. Fa- hopefully we'll see you down for a test when we go down and practice well i've done karting a few times but probably always came last so i might not be the best recruit but uh fancy it, boys fancy, fancy a bit of karting Anybody that can cart Dave off, I'm I'm all for it. Oh, yeah, thanks, Steve. Yeah, I appreciate that one, mate. Stephen, thanks, mate. All the best with it. Fingers crossed. You too. Cheers, Thank you very much. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Stephen Burrows. uh, Good luck to him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's pretty hairy stuff, you know, when they race these cars. Have you seen the speed that there was around corners? It's not like us guys plodding along. Like, you know, it's the equivalent of us playing crazy golf uh, alongside Rory McIlroy. I mean, there's no comparison. Yeah. It's yeah, a mate yeah, of mine, his son races them. Um, he's, he's only a young lad, uh, young, young teapot, Thomas Potter. Uh, absolutely fantastic little racer. And, you know, you forget from a young age, this this is how people get into, you know, Formula 3 for, and even Formula 1, ultimately. So yeah. it's, a, it's a brilliant experience as well. Like I've, I've loved it every time I've done it. Lewis Hamilton started in karting, didn't he? I mean, a lot of the lads do, don't they? Yeah. 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 Cool. All right, then, 7.37, we'll be right back. Together across the northeast. The Timber Cat and the Red. Great stuff. Sure. Yes, yesterday's news. Um, we went back in time there for everyone listening. Um, I can predict that Newcastle will be that. <laughs> I'm trying to get on bet three, three six five, Steve. Two seconds. Has it happened again? <laughs> Has it happened again? I spotted this yesterday when when Daz was on here. And I can see why he didn't spot it because we're so full of like buttons and pressing things and moving things around and changing things and preparing things that you don't listen to what's going out. Was it yesterday's bulletin again? It was, yes. Well, I predict no, Newcastle will win 3 1. I think Fabian Share, I yeah. know it's a strange shout, but I think yeah, Fabian Share's no, going to score two money goals. On it, mate. You should put some money That's on it, it. I would. Uh, not a bad shout. Yeah. I mean, I think I was going to say Aston Villa win this 1 0 easily, but I actually think it's going to be New- Newcastle easily. Uh, I think Emery's, yes. you know, is shocking. So, uh, and I reckon he's he, he, all he can afford to buy is someone like Morgan Rogers from the championship. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, Carabao Cup final, lads, has been brought back. A bit of sense here has been brought back, um, and it's been brought forward by ninety minutes from a four thirty kickoff to a good old fashioned three o'clock kickoff. Um, oh, boring competition. Now, now I don't know why it's been moved, but I think that's great because that yep. you know we we've we've preached about this for 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 the, the last seven seven months on the show about kickoff times and how how annoying it is. And I mean, look at Newcastle back to back games against Fulham in the FA Cup and Aston Villa in the Premier League. Seven o'clock kickoff in Fulham, no way of getting home. A fifteen kickoff. Um, again, you know, for Newcastle last night at Villa, no way of getting home other than you know by car or by yeah. bus. Um, you know, late late nights for football fans. No respect for anyone travelling from the northeast. Um, and it's happened to Sunderland. It's happened to Middlesbrough. And it, it, it's it's just it, you know it's just crazy. But a three o'clock kickoff for a cup final gives everybody the opportunity to get home. 
and and yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it you know it, it it's for me just it just makes sense, and and you know maybe we're gonna see those those kickoff times going back to a good old fashioned three o'clock kickoff. It's it's good to see uh, Ted. I'll let you come in on this one. It's it is it is annoying for those people who you know travel you know both home and away to 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 have situations like Newcastle have been in, in the last in the last three days. Uh, but yeah. you know that's great. It's a bit, it seems like common sense is prevailing with this one. Uh, absolutely, I'm I'm a I'm a traditionalist when it comes to these competitions, um, League Cup, and, and especially the FA Cup as well. I know that that's the one we all want to see move back to being a three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday, because for me, you know, the the FA will complain and say, oh, well, the, you know, Man United didn't take part that year, and they went over to play the the World Club Cup and all that kind of thing, and and it cheapens the FA Cup. What cheapens the FA Cup? Is by disrespecting it, moving it to a team time, a tea time kickoff. You're messing with the tradition, and we've spoke about this before, lads. Where gathering round the TV to watch a cup final, you know, starting that that kind of build up yeah. from late morning all the way through, talking to the teams and the journey yeah. through, to, to, through to Wembley. That's what makes cup competitions. That's 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 childhood memories right there. And by messing around with them and, and putting them to late kickoffs and it just it cheapens the whole experience of it, and I'm sure probably you know more experienced players who are in the ranks who who remember these three o'clock kickoffs. That's so hard to say. Um, will we'll probably kind of you know they feel it, it cheapens the product as well. Product cheapens the the, the whole experience as well. So yeah. for me, great move. Let's get the league cup sorted. That's that's great. That's back to being a three o'clock next FA. Pull your finger out. Get a back to being a three o'clock kickoff for the FA Cup final, back where it deserves to be. Yeah, right. Three o'clock kickoff. It's, a, it's you know, it, it's just that's a kickoff time. That's a proper kickoff time of football. Yeah, oh, look, it, it, I'm not going to lie to you. Here in Australia, it kind of doesn't affect me, but I, it, it, except for making it, it, you know, ridiculously later. But in terms of football, it's always been an afternoon affair. And the FA Cup is one of the most traditional sort of, you know, well-respected, well-known, you know, cup competitions. Carabao Cup, obviously, is, is, is up there, but it's still not uh, anywhere near what I would think winning the FA Cup is is worth. So, I love it. I love it. I think, you know, it gives it, you, you want to have a, you know, a Saturday afternoon, a, a Sunday afternoon, so you can, you know, can build it up during the day if you're at home, watching it with your family, having, you know, a good afternoon. doesn't ruin dinner. doesn't ruin, you know your lunch or your supper or anything like that. It's it's right in the perfect time. And as you said, if a lot of team, a lot of people have to travel. And, you know, it's only getting bigger, the amount of travelling you have to having to do. Middlesbrough this season have, and, and, and Sunderland. Sunderland had to go, you know, to, to Plymouth and back. Do you know what I mean? And we did too. So, you know, for those types of games, you know, you can't not, you can't have an 8 p.m. kickoff. You know what I mean? So, or you know, I think it was your Plymouth game, um, Ted, that was a 12 p.m. kickoff. I think it was. It was a yep. midday kickoff. They, you know, they expected you yep. to be up there the night before. So... You know, they, right, they do you get a, people leaving three o'clock in the morning for that. Yeah, it's exactly. It's ridiculous. So, like, they just they, three p. They need to lock it in. Uh, we need afternoon football. It needs to be locked in, uh, and then that way people, you know, if they if they're worried about fans getting to the games and all that sort of stuff, then they need to look after them. They need to realise that it's not their, you know, it's not their job to go to the football. It's their it's their love, their passion, and they're using their hard earned money, uh, you know, to go and support their club up and down the country. Uh, so there's a little bit of give and take there for me, and I think yeah, 3 p.m. for me is a perfect time for for those to be able to make it and, and get home to their families as well. 
Dave, three o'clock kickoff times. I mean, we know a lot of this is down to sponsorship and TV and you know, you know, fans watching in different countries and stuff. But I mean, you know, we seem to be getting later and later. We you know went from three o'clock to four o'clock to four o'clock to five o'clock, five o'clock to five thirty, and uh, you know, just little concern at all for for the for the travel and supporters. But I also felt that it it, it spoiled spoiled for people at home. And I know we're used to a variety of kickoffs now, but a cup final, um, you know, just just feels better in an afternoon for some reason. I don't. I don't know why. Yeah. An evening kickoff time doesn't seem right. It takes you back, doesn't it? it? Takes you back to the old FA Cup days. Do you remember those days? I mean, who hands up? Who's old enough to remember them? Where you know your coverage of the FA Cup would start first thing in the morning. You'd see the teams yeah. in the teams' hotels. Cameras would be there. You'd end up following, you know, with the cameras, live cameras on the buses driving to Wembley, all that sort of stuff. And we'd have a traditional three o'clock kickoff. They were great, and it takes us back to them. I, I, I really enjoy them, and, and I'd agree with you. I think a cup final should be in the middle of the day. It shouldn't be late in the evening. Um, just makes travel that 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 bit more easier. Um, you know who it is. Look, you know who it is, Dave. You know who it is again. Go on, America. It's America. It's Todd Bowley and his and his mates. Because it is at three p.m. on uh, London, that's actually more respect. Eight p.m. Sorry, in in England is actually three p.m. in New York. Did you know that? So 8 p.m. at night for, for, for London is 3 p.m. New York time. So anything earlier than that, you can see it's going to get into their into their sillier clocks. It's America. I've, I've sold you it, blame them, mate. You I blame, blame you. You blame them. But look, I mean, have a look at Spain. I mean, I did some work a number of years ago with uh, with La Liga, um, where we were we were having to produce content from from all their games. They have such an amazing staggered kickoff time, and it's a regular thing. You know, you have a, you have a, you have a, a cluster of teams that kick off at two p.m., but then they go. There'll be four p.m. games, six p.m. games, eight p.m. games. We even had ten p.m. kickoffs in Spain, in La Liga. Oh my God! I mean, that's that's how late they were gone. But there is a Spanish tradition of staying up later, so it yeah, probably true, wouldn't true. have had the impact. Siesta. Uh, yep, siesta in the middle of the day, stay up later. So it might not have had the the sort of impact that a, a ten p.m. kickoff would have over here. But uh, yeah, look, TV money's big money, and they're driving kickoff times. The only thing at the moment that they they can't seem to overcome is is the three pm blackout on a, on a Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And yeah. obviously that's yeah. traditional in the UK and they're to protect attendances at local football. Um, so they do uh, it late in Asia, don't they, Dave? As well, don't they play games late in the evening just due to the humidity and the heat? I mean, yeah, it's the same Asian games, ten pm, eleven pm kickoffs. And purely because of the weather, they do. I mean, the majority, I mean, the majority would be more. <laughs> the majority yeah. would yeah, be true. more more around eight pm. But uh, there are yeah, later yeah, games. Yeah. There are definitely later games in Asia as well. Particularly, yeah. you know, when when weather is 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 pretty hostile uh, to the human yeah. body. So um, yeah, I mean, look look at the World Cup in Qatar. It was moved to the winter because yeah, of it's they couldn't, they, despite all the promises of technology and aircon stadiums, they um, they they just couldn't overcome the uh, the summer temperatures in in the Gulf. Mm. Interesting story breaking this morning um, after the uh, the Hollywood takeover at Wrexham and, and Ryan Reynolds and, and everything that that brings. Uh, there's a report this morning that uh, Robbie Williams is thinking about taking over his beloved Port Vale. Um, oh. uh, and uh, yeah, they, they aren't doing so well financially, Port Vale. Um, Robbie Williams has been a big, big fan, and this isn't this isn't like Brian Reynolds, where he, you know, he, he had a look around, um, you know, for, for for clubs that were. And the Hartlepool know, story still a fantastic exactly. story. Yeah. It is, it is. It's and then the Northeast connection there, but this is this is somebody who is a fan, um, and I remember uh, Joe Allen, of course, um, you know, former Newcastle 
Chelsea Hartlepool striker who uh, did go to Port Vale, scored in the uh, the, the Port Vale Swansea um, Port Vale Swansea game. I remember, and Rob, Robbie Williams almost ran onto the pitch to celebrate with him. But he's a big fan, and you know he's somebody who has been seen many times down at, at, at their home games, and, and looks as if it looks as if it's quite a serious bid. Uh, you know, to, to get involved, we're seeing we're seeing more of this. We're seeing smaller clubs which are facing you know financial peril um being you know being targeted by people who fancy you know giving giving football a go and i mean of course he's not just going to come in and and have gary barlow and co uh, involved he's gonna have <laughs> he's gonna have people in, in you know people who know what they're doing um but yeah barlow is he gonna be loving angels instead <laughs> he possibly is i mean he, he could be the rock dj of course um <laughs> but he's certainly gonna he's, he's they're certainly gonna let him entertain them yeah, well, he's <laughs> back in the millennium. <laughs> if, 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 he, if he joins a club, he might be back for good. Well done, well yeah. done. Just have a little patience, Steve. All right, just have a little patience. Oh, we'll do. Yeah, and under, underneath the badger, maybe let us entertain you. Yes, here we go. Um, uh, but look, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's it's another celebrity interested in buying a football club, and and for me, you know, I, I I like this one. I like the fact that he's he's keen on buying the club that he loves, and and you know potentially, yeah. you know potentially spending a bit of time there. What's what's your thoughts on this one, Ray? It's um you know he's a he's a he's an international name. I think the big question is who are the Northeast Brecky Show going to buy next? Do you know what I mean? I mean, we're all celebrities in our own right now. I mean, who, which team are we going to take over, lads? That's what, that's the big question, Dave. I'll let you answer that one. But uh, I well, think it's I've awesome. heard I think Cable Company might be uh, up for grabs in the Langbar Sunday Ooh. League. You know, who knows? Ooh. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, the good. Northeast Brecky footy show uh, team. That'll be great. I love that. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think it's fantastic, especially if you... It, it, I like it when... It doesn't seem like a business decision. It seems like a, it seems like a team that you're connected with, like I.e. for Robbie yeah. Williams, uh, you know, uh, to the Todd Bowley's and all that sort of stuff. You know, where you're just a rich man, sort of, you know, business in America and all that sort of stuff. It just doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. But when you're Robbie Williams or you're a celebrity uh, and you, you know you, you've got a passion or, or a love for a certain team, uh, I think th- that makes that, I love that I love that and you, you see that you know when um, with Robbie Williams you see that you know even Elton John with Watford and stuff like that um, you, you see it all over the t- you know the, the top he made the sacrifice for his team didn't he he did he did sacrifice uh, you know don't worry we're still well standing yeah. uh, well Yay. done well done but you know it's like they I like that when the, when there is a team we had it here in, in Australia I don't know if you guys know but Russell Crowe uh, obviously the New Zealander but we claimed him as an Aussie he actually saved uh, one of the foot, the rugby teams here from liquidating South uh, South Rabbitohs uh, he, he went and bought them and put all this money into them and, and saved them from extinction and brought them right back and it was because he loved them he grew up you know watching them and stuff like that so I love it I love it when you know and I, I'd love to see you know celebrities doing this more because um, if they're passionate about their team and you've got the money to do it and, and you, you can see that your club's hurting I mean if I was a rich man and Borough needed money you know what I mean I'd give them you know a, a pound or two uh, because you know it'd be, you know, that, that's just you know just what you do because you, you love the club and you do what you need to do for them if, you, if you're in a position to be able to help and do so mm. What's your thoughts, Ted? Um, could you see could you see Robbie Williams in charge of a, a football club? What what do you think he would bring? What kind of you know what kind of positive vibes does that bring to a club um, of Port Vale size? I, I think we've seen in the past Robbie's work with, uh, with with the charity stuff with the you know the rest of the world versus the the England celebs or or the pro am stuff. You know, 
Mm. And uh, with with Robbie, I think there is a genuine enthusiasm and love of football. And to be fair, in his day, he wasn't a bad player himself. Like um, that, he's, he's mate who hangs on to his wallet, Jonathan Wilkes. Um, but yeah, I, I think it can only be a good thing for Port Vale. I think you know Robbie mixes in them circles with the likes of Ryan Reynolds, and you know he's. I think he's still based out in California, actually, Robbie Williams. So. As far he as wrote a song for Tottenham, didn't he? Didn't he sing a song for Ange did just he? recently? I'm sure he did. I'll, I'll, I'll Google it. There's talk of him. There's talk of him making a TV show with this as well, which would be following down the Ryan Reynolds Wrexham yeah. kind of story, wouldn't it? I mean, again, a lot, of, a lot of, a lot of money probably will come in from from that alone. I would imagine. There's, there's, yeah, there's, well, there's he's just on his own, hasn't he? There and he's just on his own uh, fly on the wall documentary. Like a fly on the wall thing. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's. Mm. It, I think because there's genuine affection there as well for the for the club. It's it's his boyhood club, like you've said. It's a bit like with uh, with Ginger Ed Ed Sheeran. Obviously, he's he's put money into Ipswich. It's it, it's not because of a it's not because of a, a, a big business decision, but it's a, yeah. it's an emotional spend. And, yeah, and I think exactly. that when it's when it's genuine like that, like what Robbie's doing there, that's brilliant. And the profile that that comes from for Port Vale because of that link. Is going to be fantastic. I mean, it's it's already kind of well documented anyway that Robbie's a, a big Port Vale fan. But having him kind of maybe it's not so much in charge. I'm, I'm sure Robbie will will have some sort of involvement. But I, I cannot see him sort of looking over the books and making financial decisions without some sort of uh, assistance on that. But yeah, the emotional tie is there, and I, I think Port Vale can only benefit from it. Um, it, it it's great for those those teams who traditionally are relatively unknown to anyone outside of you know the the, the likes of uh, the, the traditional football fans so it can only be a good thing i think mm. dave are you a fan of these kind of um takeovers from you know celebs yeah um i'm trying to convince the sultan of brunei to uh, to be a big borough fan and he can take over then with uh, even more <laughs> riches than pif but um, no um seriously uh, yeah uh why wouldn't you? I mean, let let us put ourselves in the shoes of Robbie Williams. If if we had bundles of cash sitting there in the bank and we have the love of our football teams that we have, wouldn't you want to, you know, to do something similar if your team was struggling and you thought you could help and you could afford it? So, yeah, I am. I mean, it's um it depends how far they go. I mean, if they if you get somebody who doesn't really know an awful lot about football, take over their team that they support, but they insist on running the club, then they're going to run it into the ground, aren't they? They're, you've got to as long as the right people are calling the shots at the right time, then um, I'm all for it, all for it, mate. Yeah, me Would too. You buy, though? I mean, I'm intrigued, Steve, because I know you've uh, you've obviously you've coached and, and been involved with the running of some Sunday league clubs. Apart from yeah, Newcastle, yeah. the obvious, who would you love to buy? What is a football club? I think yeah. Gateshead. Um, you know, I've spent you know my entire life living in Gateshead. Um, I, you know, I, I, you know, I've been involved to a degree. I was the press officer down there years ago. Um, and and to be honest, it it's a it's a great club. It's um, it's got so much potential. I, I, unfortunately, I think they just play the home games at the wrong ground. Um, you know, since the move from you know since the move from the Red Youth, uh, the old Red Youth Park to to, to Gateshead Stadium, I, I just think it's it's lost. No, I wouldn't say lost its identity. I think it's just lost the atmosphere. Yeah. You know, it, it's lost that. Yeah. 
you know, you go to somewhere like North Shields or Dunstan or you know, um, you know, one of those clubs in you know in, in the in the lower leagues that that they're enclosed grounds. They're intimidating when there's a big crowd in there. The, the supporters are right on the pitch, and you know, I think it gives I give it gives your team an advantage, and I think. Gateshead don't have that because it's an athletic stadium and, and they're so far away from the pitch. Um, they've got a hardcore support as well, Gateshead, and we've seen it in the past when they've come so close to regaining the league status where they pulled in, I think it was like seven and a half, eight thousand crowd for, uh, for yeah. Grimsby. Fair enough. There was a lot of Sunderland and Newcastle fans went along on the day to, to cheer the lads on, but it shows you that if Gateshead got back into the league, I think there would be a degree, you know, a fair degree of supporters who support the bigger teams, so-called bigger teams, would would probably take the advantage of going. I think as Newcastle, you know, progress and ticket prices get higher, I think you know, I think a lot more people mm. will 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 probably move to the Northern League because because people mm. can't afford some of the price, can't afford ticket prices escalating ticket prices, and it'll become a thing of well, if I want to get my live football fix, I'll go and watch a club like Gateshead, and I think yeah, I, I think Gateshead would be the, the the team I'd I would invest in because you know I'd love to see them do well, and and over the years. You know they've had some they've had some great players through the you know through the doors and they've had some good managers, and I I would love to see them you know Newcastle United reach out and build a bigger connection with Gateshead because you know it's their neighbours it's the team that really you know those younger players should be going out to why why give your why give your academy, you know, players, you know, uh, experience, you know, going further afield when you can do it on your doorstep and keep an eye yeah. on them. Um, I've, I've been interested in that lately, actually. Uh, yeah. Sending players out to places like concert. You know, I mean, I'm already only a 17-year-old goalkeeper, but what that lad will gain an experience from, from Northern League stuff is, is absolutely priceless. Yeah, I remember a few of the, you know, it was one or two ex Sun, well, Sun players, academy players were going to Dunstan um, a few years ago when I was there, and it became, you know, became part and parcel. But I think that's the right thing to do, and you know, you know, it, it's such a different kind of football at a different level. Certainly, toughen you up playing at that level, oh, God, and I yeah. think that um, you know you learn a little bit about a little bit more about the physicality, and you know, reputations reputations don't exist at that level. Um, you know, you you know, if you think, you think you're a big shot coming from a big club, um, you're shot brought back down to you know earth and and, and given a, a dose of reality at that level, and you, you certainly find out whether you can play football at that level. But yeah, I think um, yeah, I think there's I think there's a few clubs locally that that are you know could do with investment. You know, I mean, mm, you know, yeah. D- Dave's just mentioned Hartlepool. Um, you know, yeah, the, you know Ryan Reynolds looked at Hartlepool. Darlington's another one, which you know, essentially, if you invested a little bit of money and it got it, you know, got it, got it moving in the right direction. Well, the fans are, aren't they? The fans own the club, yeah. basically. Um, yeah, they yeah. do. Another yeah. chairman yeah. in there now, but a lot of yeah. a lot of the revenue to run the to operate the clubs, um, you know, raised, fundraised by the fans. Look at yeah. Salford, lads. Look at Salford, and I mean they 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 pioneered the yeah, whole true, TV true. documentary scenario, you know, with with um, you know with the Nevilles and and with schools and, and gigs. Yeah. And it's really good. I enjoy watching it. Yeah. I, I thought I would have hated it. I thought I would have hated watching that, but I, I really enjoyed it. It's well well put together, well produced, and the guys. Listen, they've been there, done, and got the T-shirt, and 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 it's. I think it's you know I think that's that's great, and I do watch Salford's rise with with interest. I mean they won't rest those lads until they get to the Premier league but yeah mm. there's a lot lot to be said for investment from you know celebs and, and ex and ex pros but uh it is eight o'clock and unless we've got another guest coming nah, in, i believe later. it's time for the news <laughs> we've got a, actually we've got a big uh, a big reveal uh, coming up in the next half an hour Ooh. but he's not next but keep uh, your clothes on dave oh song and a half 
Bitching, I absolutely love that. I love the movie. I'm sitting here with my fist in the air. Breakfast Club, one of my all-time absolute favourite movies. I love that. And is that that's, the, idea, that that's the one with the closing shot where he's walking across the field, isn't he? And he's yeah, yeah absolutely. It's just incredible. Yeah. Honestly, that that's probably that gets me torts and motion. That one, I love it. I love it. <laughs> torts and motion. Oh my torts god. Torts and motion. I live with a millennial mate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Big reveal, by the way. Big reveal. Um, Soundwave Festival. Oh, we, we 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 we. I wouldn't say we paired up. We uh, we helped Joe Franks last year when he brought Bastille to uh, Seaton Croup uh, on the outskirts of Hartlepool last year for the Soundwave Festival Fantastic. 2023. Uh, he's just announced he's going to be joining us in about uh, 20 minutes. Uh, first interview Brilliant. after the announcement. Kaiser Chiefs coming to Seton Carew this summer. Wow. We'll be all over it like a rash on the red, the cat and the tune. So Joe's going to join us around about 8.30 this morning, fellas. But uh, just announced Kaiser Chiefs coming to the northeast in the summer. Super. Great Great band. Good pull that. Steve. Good stuff. Yeah, well, we're just waiting now for... uh, the um the next topic which um i'm just doing a little bit of research there you caught me completely off guard oh, normally, sorry, it's me who catch, <laughs> normally it's me who catches you catches you off guard but we should have some headlines mate we do have sorry i was just taking a swig of water there so you did catch me off guard get it together Smoke you two come on there was none of this yesterday <laughs> Good morning, Borough fans. How are you this lovely, beautiful morning? Well, the transfer deadline day is almost upon us, and Aston Villa have finally agreed a deal with Middlesbrough to sign winger Morgan Rogers. It's understood the deal has, that has been agreed is an initial £8 million fee, which could eventually be worth £16 million to the Borough if all add-ons are met. The fee marks a significant profit for Middlesbrough in just six months after they signed Rogers for £1 million for Man City last summer. City also stands to benefit from a sell-on clause, we believe, 20 to 25%. Rogers has travelled down to Villa last night and set for a medical this morning, and albeit no hiccups, he should be signed by tonight. In response to Rogers leaving, Middlesbrough have well been known that they've been trying to find a striker all month. But they're trying to find the right player and the right person that can balance and uh, be the right choice, but have found it hard to come by. It remains to be seen whether Boris cash boost from the sale of Rogers can be invested, reinvested in the squad in time. And the anticipated return of Luke Ayling will aid confidence to Middlesbrough's defence, which needs to get back on track in Sunday's mouth-watering derby. The defensive unit is well capable of earning a few shutouts in the run-up to May, and even though we looked a little bedraggled, that's right, I said bedraggled, in the Carabao Cup semi-final, the Borough defenders were their own worst enemies, but will not be changing the way they play or Carrick's style. With Luke Ayling coming back and a fair few changes, Borough will line up very differently from that against Chelsea, and a clean sheet against Sunderland would be the scene, set the scene, and hopefully create a way uh, for a derby double. The Black Cats might not capitulate as easily as, easily as they did the Stadium of Light, but there's something about a tease weird derby that always seems to bring out the best of the Borough. Up the Borough, that's your morning headlines. Magpies and Proud, Mag's News. Newcastle ended their winless Premier League running style at Villa Park on Tuesday night, blowing away the hosts in a devastating opening hour before resisting an inevitable comeback to deservedly claim three points. Two goals from Fabian Scher and an own goal from Moreno after great work by Murphy put the Magpies three up. And despite a rally from Villa and a goal from Watkins, the lads held on to secure all three points and set themselves up nicely for a home game against Luton Town on Saturday afternoon. The Times report that goalkeeper Nick Pope is expected to return to the Newcastle squad during mid-March, raising his own hopes of making the England squad for this summer's Euro Finals. 
31-year-old dislocated his shoulder in a home win over Manchester United in early December. An estimates of a four-month recuperation period were made then, and at this stage appear to be accurate. And Ben Dawson's under-21 side will play their rearranged Premier League Cup tie against Fleetwood Town under-21s at Highbury tonight at 7 o'clock. The Parkside stand will be open and tickets are now on sale priced at £5 adults and £3 concessions. With two games remaining, Newcastle sit bottom of their group and need a victory to boost their chances of snagging second place behind a Nottingham Forest side who are actually uh, already assured of top spot. The first meeting to the side in the competition on Tyneside ended in a 2-2 draw despite the Magpies holding a 2-0 lead with five minutes remaining. That's your Newcastle United headlines on Wednesday morning. Mackhams and Proud. Black Cats News. Good morning, Sunderland fans. Sunderland are closing in on a deal for standard Liège youngster Romain Mundell. Having kicked off their January transfer business with the signing of Leeds United defender Leo Hjelda early yesterday, the Black Cats are confident of also adding Mundell to their ranks ahead of Thursday night's head deadline. The 20-year-old winger, who can play on either flank, was born in London, began his career in the youth ranks at Tottenham before rejecting a long-term deal at Spurs in search of uh, more first-team action. Sunderland, meanwhile, have confirmed Jewison and Bennett's loan move to the Greek Super League, but have insisted that the winger is still firmly part of their long-term plans at the club. Bennett has struggled for regular game time in the senior side this season, and Sunderland are keen for him to feature regularly between now and the summer. The 19-year-old is understood to be concerned about his place in the Costa Rica setup as a result of his limited appearances, and so a short-term move is deemed the best avenue for all parties. Addis FC is Bennett's destination, and they currently sit fifth in the Greek top tier. And finally, tickets for our FA Youth Cup fixture against Swindon Town at the Stadium Alight are now on sale. The lads under-18s host Swindon in the fifth round this Friday, the 2nd of February. Kickoff is at 7pm. Tickets are priced at £5 for adults and concessions and can be purchased online. Season ticket holders can claim one free ticket by logging into their e-ticketing account and selecting their seat. There are your Sunderland headlines. Right across the northeast, by the fans, for the fans, the tune, the red and the cat. Oh, I like that oh, one. And another I like one. that one. It's another banger, that. That's a belter. Really like on. that. Jeez. <laughs> See how easy yes, please with Dave's sitting there going, I've done this stuff for years. And these, oh. these three are like, oh, it's been wow. that. <laughs> Mate, you know, one, my ringtone. One, one show, why don't we? We'll just play a load of them and you can choose your favourites. You know, oh. yeah. It's, it's basically, be, it's like, this just gives it away. This gives it away that these presenters are just not up their own backside at all, like as we just get genuinely <laughs> excited about this kind of thing. <laughs> it's still very new. <laughs> um, just want to just want to give you um, uh, five minutes, Ted, just to talk about the Dharma as well. Manchester United, uh, they're still looking to potentially coming back soon. He's not. He's not. Not said he doesn't want to come. So is that a deal? You think might uh, Ahmad? Sorry, not Adama. Ahmad. Uh, he's still keen on a return to Sunderland. Did I mean? He had a great loan spell at the stadium yeah. like last time. Do you, is this is this got legs? Do you think with um, you know one day and, and fourteen hours left of the transfer window? Nah, he it, hates it them. was it was looking <laughs> at, uh, whatever. I love how he absolutely quashed any rumor of going to Middlesbrough. That was that was that was squashed like a bug. That mate, brilliant. Um, I like Ahmad, and and every fan wants him back, Steve. That's and it did. 
up to a certain point, up around about tea time yesterday, it looked like that had legs. Um, there, was, there was a growing sort of rumour that, that Ahmad had said to uh, Ten Hag and the bosses of Man United, um, well, if you're not going to play me, and, and we're talking about this, obviously, um, he didn't get on for the FA Cup game. No. And the Shocking rumour was that he said, I, I, I want to go out on loan, Sunderland's my preferred destination. He has got a genuine love for the club. Um, he even changed his uh, his Instagram sort of uh, profile picture at the top um, to him celebrating one of his goals at Sunderland last season. It's you know for, for a player to do that for a professional footballer contracted to Man United, arguably yeah. the biggest club in the world, for him to change his profile picture at the times that he spent at Sunderland is a massive compliment to the fans, and he he has got a genuine affection for this club. Never say never. All that's been said yesterday or, or last night, I should say is that um, the, the rumour that he's asked for the move is is completely untrue. That doesn't mean to say it's not going to happen. However, yeah. there was one of the Man United youngsters actually went out on loan um, to Granada, who I believe is also a winger. Um, so that does lessen the chances because obviously Ten Hag has to have some sort of cover um, for the for the ever-spinning Anthony. How he gets a game is, is actually beyond me. Anyway, <laughs> Ahmad really should be ahead of him in the selection. Yeah, and I'm definitely. not even joking about that. He's Anthony is just no, a wasted time. I completely agree with you. Yeah, I agree. Ahmad, for me, if if he doesn't get game time, it would be an absolute travesty not to see him back at Sunderland. I think Sunderland will want to try and push that move forward. Um, never say never, but it, it looks less likely this morning than what it did yesterday. Okay. Yeah, you're, you're poo pooing this idea, um, right? But, you know, it yep. sounds as if there's legs in this. Yeah, only because um, those legs would hurt, you know, my team on the weekend. I'd love love the legs to happen for Sunderland maybe next week, but obviously the deadline day is tomorrow. But no, I, I, Ahmad's a great, fantastic player. He's got one love in the championship and it's Sunderland. We know that clear and, you know, clear and matter of day. I think he... I think he needs to, um, and he needs to sort of figure out whether he's going to be getting game time at Man United because he deserves it. He's back from foot, he's back from injury now, and he deserves to be playing. He's a fantastic football. We saw it last season. He literally put Sunderland on their back, and you know that type of player that you always want in your club that says, "Righto, lads, if we're not having a good game, get on my back and come with me. We're, I'm going to get us across the line here." He was that type of player, uh, and he, you know what? If Sunderland, for all their wrongdoing in the past couple of weeks of, of putting fans, you know, turning them against them with Beal and and you know the the bar and everything like that. I tell you what, you bring in Ahmad and everything's forgiven because he was an absolute fan favourite. Uh, he is absolutely loved uh, at Sunderland. And uh, yeah, look, it'd be a massive, massive coup, I think, for Sunderland and, and show a real sort of, you know, uh, aspiration of, of to push for that top six with Ahmed in their squad. Do I think it's going to happen? I'm not too sure. I honestly think he's got a, he's got a chance to, to prove himself to get in at Man United this season. Um, so I'm not sure that he's, you know, he's going to come back down to the championship. And I think even if Man United did let him come, I think maybe even a Premier League, if they're not going to use him, maybe a Premier League chance would be, it would be go begging, maybe a Luton or, you know, somewhere around there as well. So it'll be interesting to see. One I'll be watching uh, because obviously we've got one out the we door. Got and if they get one in the door. Fan in, the, in the playoffs, so I don't think he'd be going there, mate. No, no, <laughs> well, there you go. So, yeah, it, I mean, it's just, you know, it's it's just... It's one of those things, isn't it? It's, it's it's got legs as long as he's in love with Sunderland. You know, whenever he's not getting yeah. a game at Man United, he's always going to be linked with Sunderland. I think because of the the love and the, the fantastic sort of loan spell he had with them. So, um, it's a good it, thing isn't for that, you, isn't Teddy that boy. Rare though, lads. Isn't isn't that rare though? That obviously, I mean, we have that old joke about you should never fall in love with an unloaned player. No, and, and exactly. Sunderland fans did because the kid's such a such a flair and such a talent, but. 
for a lone player to actually show that affection back to the club is so rare. And I think that's that's why we want him back so much is because we can see that there's there's a reciprocal appreciation for each other. Um, and I, I find that really rare and really refreshing from a young lad like that. Yeah. Yeah, likely he's hard to yeah. come by in football. Yeah, and he certainly, yeah, it is. he certainly seems up for it. Um, you know, that yeah. would be a big bolster to uh, to Sunderland's, you know, potential playoff, you know, campaign. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought yeah. we had it in Jarlo. Hey, Dave, I thought we had it in Ryan Giles, but he's obviously now just gone back down to Hull. Mm. Um, but I thought we had it in him. Uh, to be honest with you, I thought he was going to be our Ahmad. Um, in terms of you know loyalty to the borough, maybe coming back on another loan from Wolves or. But it never ran. It never ran as a story, did it? I mean, it, we, we weren't no. even close. You, were, at least with Ahmad, no. it's on, it's off. It might happen, it might yeah, not exactly. happen. He said this. He's indicated that. With with Giles, it was it was deathly silence. Nah, yeah, I don't know what's happened there, but uh, I don't, but it hasn't. Yeah, he, to see him back at Hull City, uh, obviously we've got Angel and we got that Luke Thomas now. I think we've done well, but there was a chance there with Bangura's injury. We could have gone for Jarlow, and I would have loved to have seen him back in a borough shirt, but it's not to be, so. No, no, no. Okay, moving on um, to Liverpool. And uh, former Liverpool sporting director Michael Edwards appears to have rejected a move back to Anfield. Um, and Virgil van Dijk um, is f- refusing to commit his future to the club until he hears what the club's long-term vision is. This comes after Jurgen Klopp's announcement that he is going to leave his managerial position at the end of the season. Do you think this announcement by Klopp, especially at this time, caused more issues than maybe Liverpool Football Club expected? Um, do you think it's going to affect the Premier League title hopes this year, Ted? Because, you know, they're up there. Um, they're up there on merit. And certainly you would say it's not a, quite a two-horse race yet. But, um, you know, going, going on previous honours in the last couple of years, Liverpool, you would imagine, are going to run Man City the closest. But... This really seems to have had, you know, quite an adverse effect. And, mm. uh, you know, I, we've already covered on the show, you know, how ridiculous some of the coverage has been. I mean, it, it has literally oh, felt as if it's it. been, you know, the passing of Jurgen Klopp, not the yeah. fact that he's it's just said... It's not a boy band splitting up, you know what it's, I mean? It's not a boy band splitting up, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it... it back you know, streets, the, back. <laughs> there seem to be, there seem to be, there seem to be in a bit of a position now, and it, you know, usually it's Newcastle making headlines for all the wrong reasons. But Michael Edwards rejecting the move back is, I think, is quite telling. Um, but yeah. I think Van Dijk, you know, publicly, you know, you know, interviewed and, and saying that he's not going to commit to his future until he knows what's going on is, I mean, it's, it's to be expected. A player's a player, you know, player has to make those kind of decisions. But it just seems, it just seems. A strange time for Klopp to make the announcement, and it seems that you know things things maybe aren't as rosy in the garden as would appear at at, at Anfield. Yeah, I mean we 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 sort of covered a little tiny bit of this yesterday, and I went away and actually had a think about it. Short term and long term is is the way I'm looking at this, right? So long term, um, I think the likes of Van Dyke and obviously you know the, this 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 guy who's obviously refused the move back to Liverpool. There's that air of uncertainty that for, about the long-term future, and I think this is, you know, the end of another era. Or all, you know, not as successful as like a Ferguson era or something like that, but still, you know, brought success back to Liverpool. They've got that coveted Premier League title that they wanted so badly. Um, you know, back to being one of the biggest clubs in Europe again as well. So yeah, an element of, of success there, and I think that will be over. And Klopp, like Ferguson, has timed this perfectly. 
Because obviously, you know, the Salah thing, Salah's getting on a bit. He's got one move left in him that he's probably going to make, if, if we're being really honest. He's probably going to make it at the end of the season. Van Dijk will probably look at the size of Salah's wallet and kind of go, yeah, I'll, I'll fancy some of that, actually. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go and retire out there. Because, what, it's Van Dijk 32 now? He's got to be something around that, hasn't he? So, mm. yeah, long-term effects are that, that yes, that, that it's an end of an era and it's going to take some fixing. I, even thinking about Alonso as a potential replacement, Alonso hasn't had a big, big club to manage. No. Now, you remember the club came from Dortmund. It was a spell of Dortmund who are, you know, one of the giants of football, absolutely without a shadow of a doubt. So Klopp was almost prepared to take on a Liverpool hot seat. Alonso, all right, you know, Leverkusen are a, a, a good side and a, a, you know, a mid to top half Bundesliga outfit but it's still not that same pressure. So you don't know how somebody, even if he was selected, which we're not saying he is, even if he was, there's going to be the pressure on there. Short term, I actually thought this would galvanise Liverpool until I thought thought about it again last night. What this does is, yeah, you'd think, OK, oh, well, we'll run through brick walls for him. It's his last season and, and do this and do that. But you've got that air of uncertainty creeping in, the likes of Van Dijk. This is ill-timed from Van Dijk, I think, by the way. Um... Where it's kind of, well, he's going anyway, what does it matter? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying every single player is going to be like that, but because of that uncertainty and because you know he's not going to be in charge next season, so I can pretty much please myself for the rest of this season, he's, what's he going to do? Sack me, he can't do that. He can't sell me because he's not going to be here in the first place. So it <laughs> actually weakens that position. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, it's a bizarre good, situation. Like It is a bizarre. I mean, we, saw, we were talking just before as well, uh, the season kicked. Well, season kicked off with Salah potentially moving Steve to for two hundred yeah. mil to to the Saudi league. So you would argue that that's potentially still on now, especially with Klopp leaving. And then so you put you know you put Salah out the door, Van Dyke out the door, Jurgen Klopp's going. Their sp- sporting director's gone as well. So that they're in they're in line for a whole new rebuild, and it's not going to be pretty because you know when you you can't take Van Dyke Salah. Uh, out of any squad and expect them still to perform at the top level, you know, again the next season. But again, you know, Klopp's coaching as well. So I, I we spoke a little bit about it yesterday, as I said, uh, but I think, you know, for me, Alonso seems to be a shoe-in. I think, you know, that, that's a smart choice. But, you know, whether, whether you know, he wants the job and wants to take it, you know, that's up, you know, that's going to be on, on up to him and Liverpool. But it's, yeah, it's, it's ill-timed, I feel. I think it could have been done closer to the end of the season. It, it's caused absolute... <laughs> demoralization across Liverpool. I mean, it was like, it was like someone had passed away the game on the weekend because it was that, everyone was that upset uh, that, you know, they were, they were not, they were not prepared to deal with life without Klopp. That's for sure. But then to have Van Dyke come out and say that he's not sure if he'll stick around. Salah's obviously got uncertainty. Lose your sporting director. I mean, who else? Do you know what I mean? Surely there's going to be a few others that probably, you know, will, won't want to be at Liverpool, you know, because they'd be there for Klopp. And, you know, and, and that's, that's the type of man he is. I think you would have, like Ted said, you'd have you know people there that would are there because they want to play for Klopp. They want to run through the brick wall for him. So it'll be interesting times to see. I wonder if they finish strong. They're still in the chance. They got the Carabao Cup final. Obviously, they've still got a chance. Obviously, to to win some silverware under Klopp and finish him off on a high. But uh, it's definitely an end of an era. It's definitely a big end of an era for them. Yeah, Dave. It's a, it's you know I still think it's a strange time to make the announcement. I also think that you know I, you know the the, the whole. 
rebuild which he's gone through um you know and, and, and when i say a rebuild i mean he, you know marnie um Firmino, um you know departed the club um you know left salah on his own uh, you know but they've they've rebuilt and it's really difficult to do that and and they've, they've now got you know a hell of a forward line you know you've got diaz you've got um you know you've got darwin nunez who's come in um, you've got um you know you've got so many players there now supporting salah he's rebuilt the team and he's got them back to to where he was hoping that they were going to be the Champions League. You know the the, the failure to be in the Champions League this year has certainly probably affected affected the morale. But like Rai says, they've still got a chance of winning some silverware this season. Um, but it certainly seems to have knocked knocked the club for six. Um, you know, mm. it's gone a lot deeper than I thought it would. Yeah, I, I was talking to uh, Craig Hignett, who um, sadly had a, an emergency on um, on Friday that uh, Mendy couldn't do the. Uh, the legend show um, and when we were talking I said what do you think about the announcement he went I'm devastated absolutely devastated because obviously he hails from he hails from Liverpool was a Liverpool fan mm. um, and that's typical of, of of what Liverpool fans right across well, I was going to say across the country but across the world are feeling at, uh, at the announcement that he's going to go but it, it is a surprise because he has just he, he's probably just broken the back of another rebuild complete rebuild so you would think that longer term, you know, he's, he wants to ride that crest of the wave of that rebuilt side that he's doing. They're performing well, but, you know, he came out and just said, I haven't got the energy anymore. Now, I saw the memes with Alex Ferguson, um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, it surprised me, but haven't there been discussions in the last 12 months, 18 months, is Klopp going to stay as Klopp when it came to his contract renewal? Um, there were, there were, you know, there were mutterings there from fans. Oh, he's not going to leave, is he? He's not going to leave. So, I don't think this is as, I don't think this is as surprising as um, as maybe we feel because we're not that close to Liverpool. But um, yeah, but again, to to announce it four months before the season ends um, is is a is is a bit of a strange call. Uh, maybe he's just hoping it's going to give the that that players that little bit more of a kick to say, right, we'll do it for the gaffer. Um, and and maybe he's just hoping it will you know it will provide that little bit more of an impetus to to win things. Do you think it could go the other way on that, Dave? Do you think it could go the other way? Could. I mean, obviously, do you know what I mean? If could. he's saying you know that you, oh, all right, players play for me, you know, oh, but you know I'm leaving, this guy's leaving, he's leaving. Do you know what I mean? This could be I the mean, last hurrah together. I mean, I, as a young player, I'd be devastated. Maybe I've just signed in the summer, expecting to learn my you know tuition under Klopp. Yeah, no, uh, by the way, morning, Daniil. Daniil sent a message a little earlier saying, great, great choice of song there, one of my favourite 80s tracks, obviously talking about... Uh, uh, you're welcome, Daniil, that was we my choice. Just after eight o'clock, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, look, it's uh, it's a really, really strange one, isn't it? It's It mm. could it could backfire on them, but That's it depends what, what the dressing yeah. room's like. If, if there's a dressing room where you've got a split and some of the guys don't like the gaffer, then it would backfire because they could down tools. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think that is the Liverpool dressing room. I think they are all 100% behind the gaffer. Um, so I think it'll go the other way. I think it'll go the way of, you know, let's do it for him. Yeah, OK. Coming up to half past eight, time for some uh, sport headlines. And uh, 20 minutes of the show left. Got a couple of other uh, points. We've got a guest. I yeah. Dave. The big reveal, of course, the Kaiser Chief Sandwave Festival coming to the northeast in the summer. Joe Franks will be joining us after this. Together across the northeast. The Timbercat and the Red. Hey! Recognise the music, boys. Recognise the music. We 
Whoopie, whoopie, whoopie. Recognise it, recognise it, of course we do. Oh. Kaiser Chiefs on the cat, the red, and the tune. And the man who's bringing them to the northeast, Joe Franks, friend of the stations, friend of the Certainly stars, um, friend of Rise, god of Seton Carew, uh, joins us this morning. <laughs> Joe, how are you, mate? What, a, what an introduction that was. Good morning, how are we doing? Morning, <laughs> Joe. How much has this been burning? I mean, I mean, you've not been able to talk about it until literally the last 30 minutes. How, how much have you been wanting to say, do you know what we've got? Do you know what we've got? <laughs> oh, t- honestly, we've been working hard on this for so long and, you know, to get, we got it over the line recently and, honestly, I've just been wanting to scream it from the rooftops. We are so overwhelmed I think is probably the, the best word to say we can't believe that we've managed to get them you know it was our number one target we've been trying to get them for, for a couple of months and we finally got it all signed sealed and delivered and they're coming to Hartlepool on 27th of July can't wait brilliant absolutely brilliant fantastic we've got some users fantastic. on here uh, I think I think all of us are, are, are you know love our music so who's chipping in first Kaiser Chiefs fellas thoughts coming to the North East me, 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 Oh, George Ted, how are you doing, mate? How are we doing, mate? You okay? I'm canny, I'm canny. What a coup this is. It's absolutely fantastic. I, I saw them uh, open up for Foo Fighters a few years back at the Stadium of Light. And, I mean, as far as British frontmen are concerned, Ricky's got to be up there with the absolute best of them, hasn't he? Oh, he's going to put a show on. You know, he's definitely going to put a show on. It's... I, you know, who else Who else did we want other than Cardi Chiefs from a Hartlepool? You know, I, I don't think we could have got much bigger for, particularly, you know, this needs to be remembered. This is only our second year of this festival as well. Yeah. You know, and, and we've managed to get such a, a big iconic band for year two. I think it's outstanding. It's a proper festival, proper festival band, isn't it? I mean, and that's the, that's the thing as well. I, I think, you know, listening to a lot of the, the new music that's out there, sometimes what is missing is a, a festival anthem, you know, a band who's capable of doing that. So, Certainly for like yeah, you know, your younger bands that were gonna be there to go and watch them and go and see how not just, you know, the songwriting capability which is undoubted, but to put on a live show. I mean they, they really are something to be seen, aren't they? Yeah, I mean the songs are just iconic, you know, there's no way on earth that we're not going to have 6,000 people still, you know, screaming Ruby, Ruby, Ruby and it's, <laughs> you, you know exactly what's going to be happening. I predict a riot. You know, every day I love you less and less. These songs are just, you know, British classics, Classic. aren't they? You know, yeah. so festival classic. How long did it take to get this uh, sorted out then, Joe? Because, I mean, I, you know, as you know, I do events and, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of contract negotiations have to go on, lots of boxes to tick. Um, and I guess not Absolutely. just with the band, but also with the, with the council and stuff like that, you know, because, you know, this this is this is huge, mate. Well done. Yeah, we, we've been started with this since... Um, so, literally, Bastille stepped off the stage. Um, yeah. You know, we, we're doing the litter pick and we're cleaning the site up, and you know, we're, we're discussing right who can we get, and we're making them calls. You know, so this is this is literally Bastille stepped off the stage, and we, we're trying to make this happen. And you know, the teams just worked tirelessly. You know, incredible business partners um, who have you know pulled it out the bag. You know, it's it's they've worked relentlessly to get this over the line. Yeah, fantastic! It's really no, good it's for the area fantastic. as well, isn't it? It's good for the area. Go on, right? No, it is. I don't mean to interrupt because yeah, it is a fantastic. What I love about it, Joe, is obviously having BBC Music introducing as well, uh, supporting like the unsigned and undiscovered as well. And, and I think not only can you go there and, and find the Kaiser Chiefs, but you can also find, you know, probably the next big thing. Uh, and what better way to experience it than live? 
Absolutely. Like like we seen la uh, last year, you know, it wasn't just a Bastille concert that we put on. And this year it's going to be the same. It's not just going to be a Kaiser Chiefs concert. There's a lot more there on the day. You know, like, we, like you said, we've got BBC introducing. There's going to be lots of up-and-coming talent on there. We've still got support acts left to announce. You know, we've got the rides, we've got the food festivals. You know, we've got everything else on there. We've got a comedy tent. It's a full day. It's not just the Kaiser Chiefs um, show. You know, it's a, it's a full day festival. And I think that's what makes us... Um, you know, it makes us stand out, particularly in the northeast, because this is not something that you see a lot of around here. Give us the details, Joe. People will be asking about tickets already. How, how do they get their hands on them early? Soundwavefestival.co.uk or head over to our Facebook Soundwave Festival. Um, Sign-ups are available now, so those that are wanting tickets need to sign up, and they will be on sale next week. Brilliant, and uh, it's all the dates fantastic. again, mate. Sorry, go on, Ted. The dates again. 27th of July which is a Saturday 27th this July time, in Hallibull Saturday yeah we did a Sunday last year and um, you know we really um, you know everyone's had a good day you know but it was all about um, all about the Saturday this year I think that's what I think that's what's important for brilliant. us yeah. brilliant you need that Sunday to recover <laughs> absolutely yeah you've yeah. got to go around litter picking mate you need that Sunday to pick the litter up and then think about who you're going to get in 12 months time <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Any suggestions for 2025? Well, we were talking to Robbie Williams earlier, mate. You know, I mean, let's go for it now. Let's, you know. You can Why not? You can fly him from LA, can't you? Yeah, absolutely no problem. <laughs> well, actually, get him from Stoke when he's across looking at Port Vale because he's looking to buy it. So it'll be cheaper. Say, yeah. yeah, it'll be cheaper. No, brilliant stuff. Joe, love it. Um, more power to your elbow, mate. Kaiser Chiefs coming to the Northeast, Saturday, the 27th of July. And as you say, sign ups, get across to the sites and the platforms. And uh, get your tickets. Brilliant. Joe, well done, mate. Yeah, great. Well great done, mate. Thanks very much, well done, guys. Man. Cheers, mate. That's uh, Joe oh, Frank's yeah, sure. uh, organiser. Soundwave Festival. Kaiser Chiefs coming to the northeast. Couldn't have timed that one better, fellas, oh, with the lyrics. You know well what? Done. That's well my karaoke. Done. I'm going to karaoke on Friday, lads. Uh, work's organised something. Uh, and I, th I think I just fancy a little bit of Kaiser Chiefs now. That's, that's, oh, that's what well I'm going to for. Yeah. Do the radio show from there, Dave. That's what we should do. Get a Soundwave Northeast Brecky show. Is he there? <laughs> He's gone. He's disappeared. Oh, he's, 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 he's dealing with a riot at the studio. Oh, I am. I'm just sorting a riot out, fellas. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> and Nick Pope, as I mentioned in my headlines, could be as close as six weeks away from his uh, Newcastle United return, which uh, is great news for him because obviously the Euros are on the horizon at international level. He will be hoping, of course, to be part of uh, Gareth Southgate's plans. And um, the question I wanted to ask you guys was, do you think Dubravka has done enough to make it a battle for the number one jersey? Because it's only a few months ago we were discussing the possibility of De Gea coming to Newcastle. Uh, of course, he's out of contract uh, since he left Manchester United, twiddling his thumbs. He put some cryptic, uh, cryptic messages up on his social media, which had people second-guessing as to where he may or may not end up. Newcastle, of course, seemed to be uh, in the running at one point until the uh, the dreaded three letters FFP reared their head again and Newcastle revealed that they've got nothing to spend and ultimately uh, Dubravka has, has you know had to you know to fill in the, the the goalkeeping position Carius of course not played in any Premier League games he's the third choice keeper uh, since before the, uh, the 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 infamous Champions League game which uh, seems to have almost single-handedly destroyed the guy's career um but 
Dubravka has uh, got off to a shaky start, but in recent weeks um, has certainly found some form, and when he's been called upon, for me, has done the job admirably. Um, the, the big question is, and it, and it was a question that was asked to Eddie Howe in the press conference prior to the game last night, um, you know... <laughs> You know, is 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 this you know form that Dubravka's got, and the fact that Pope's coming back would would Pope be a shoe in? Um, he would, you know, like every good manager, he's not going to answer the question and say, oh yeah, of course I'm going to put him straight back in. I mean, nobody's going to answer the question like that. But <laughs> he's got to be given some food for thought because Dubravka has done well, and before Pope arrived at the club, he was number one. He was he was you know he was he was you know he was a he was a fan's favourite as well. Of course, he went to Manchester United. He was quoted as saying that. He's delighted to have joined a big club, um, which didn't go down well on the terraces at St James's Park. But you know he's come back. He's um, he's had to bide his time. Nick Pope's got injured. He's come in and he's done he's done a fantastic job. And even last night, despite Newcastle really dominating that game last night and and deserving the three one win at Villa Park, when he was called upon, and it's a sign of a good goalkeeper, he was there and he did the business and pulled off a you know pulled off one or two good saves. It's probably right in suggesting as well that the save that he pulled off at uh, Fulham in the FA Cup probably led to Newcastle's change in fortune and, and Newcastle suddenly gained some momentum from that and went on to win the game in the FA Cup down at Fulham after a great save by Dubravka. So, for me, has he done enough to make it a battle for the number one jersey? If he is back in March, uh, Nick Pope, um, you know, should should he just suddenly find himself back in the team? You know, if Newcastle were out of the FA Cup, for example, and you just had the Premier League fixtures remaining, um, you know, should he keep faith in Dubravka? My feelings are that yeah, he should if his form is is as good as it is at the moment. Um, I don't think I don't think Pope should be any different. I think Pope Pope should expect that as well. You know that you've got to find your way back mm. in, and it's it is difficult for goalkeepers. Uh, look at Steve Harper's career at St James's Park. Two hundred yeah. games he played in in over thirteen years at the club, mainly because every every other keeper that was at the club was 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 deemed better than him. Um, you know and and. You know, he decided he decided he was happy with his lot. He could have moved many times, um, but but decided he was happy with his lot. But Dubravka, um, it's interesting because I would have said he was out the door. Um, probably would have been out the door, you know, sooner rather than later. But he's he's done a lot to to suggest that maybe he's you know he's still got a future on Tyneside. So, right thoughts on this one, Dubravka? Has he done enough to make it a battle when when Nick Pope comes back in in less than a, a couple of months? Yeah, I think so. And I think it's going to be a taste of trying to get Pope back up to match fitness as well. I know it's the goalkeeping role, but it will take a while to, to get his hand-wire coordination when you've been out of it for so long. Obviously, having to recover from the injury as well. We've got a similar sort of situation down at Borough as well, don't we, Dave? I mean, Tom Glover, for yeah. me, apart from the Chelsea game, uh, Tom Glover's been fantastic. I think he's really taken his chance well through he, Senny Dieng. He's performed far better than I expected him to. I was I was concerned when we knew Dieng was going to disappear off to AFCON. I'm thinking... Glover, oh wow! You know how much first team experience he did play a couple of cup games, didn't he? But um, uh, he's done brilliantly. Yeah, I think he's done fantastic. So it's it's this similar situation we find ourselves in, and and I, I'd, I'd argue the same thing. It's you know with Dubravko, it's you know when when um, you know when Pope is fit, it's it's his place to, to gain back. He's going to have to show you know that that tenacity in training. They're going to have to you know show up big saves. Obviously, he's got the name then the the fact that he's the former number one that went out of the side injured. Uh, to his to his credit, but as coaches, that's what you want, isn't it? With, with squad depth, if you if you've got a battle for one position, that's exactly what you want. You bring in two players, three players or, or so for each position, 
and you you want the best one to shine, and, and then that you know if they if they're competitive and they, they've you know they've got uh, it out for each other, then that you know it's going to make them all better. Uh, so if it makes Pope a better goalkeeper to try and get above Dubravka, then it's a it's a situation, it's a win win for you, Steve. Yeah, definitely is. Ted, thoughts on the Dubravka Pope battle? There's there's two ways you can look at this. Uh, the, there's there's the performance aspect. Um, which I think Dubravka has been excellent. I, I think even in the in the derby, the FA Cup game, the, there was a, a couple of moments where Sunderland threatened to get into the game, and Dubravka pulled off very very good saves. And every time I've watched the Newcastle game, there's been those moments where he's done that, and he's 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 kept shots out that really should have been in. I mean, the the, the Liverpool game was was a great point in case where he was absolutely phenomenal in that game. Um, Although there is the other side of it, which when you look at league form and the last sort of you know, five or six games where you can see those four defeats, you're thinking, well, all right, Dubravka's a good shot stopper, but is there something he's not bringing to the team that Nick Pope does? Is, the, is, is Nick Pope you know, more communicative with his, with his back four? Is he a, is he a shouter? Is he an organiser? Is Dubravka just kind of like happy to, to stay there and, and if they do breach the defence, do his bit and, and try and stop the shot? So... It's it's an interesting one. I for me personally, I I think he's uh, he's he's earned his place to to be you know the Newcastle keeper at this moment in time. Rise correcting what he's saying as well in the fact that Nick Pope has now got to oust him. I think that's that's only fair. Um, so it's whatever they see in training and and obviously if you see Pope barking orders and organising defence and keeping clean sheets in these uh, in the, in the bounce games and things like that, then then of course he's going to overtake Dubravka, but. He's proved his worth, and I think he's, he's very much worth being the, the number two at that club, if not, you know, a challenger for number one. Dave? Yeah, I mean, absolutely no. What I just, it just, all he's got to do is... Um, he's got to keep focused. He's got to keep, you know, he's, 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 he's just got to keep his hand in. He's just got to... He's just got to perform at his absolute best. Opportunities come up. Keep a goalkeeper's situation is far, far different from any other player, from any outfield player, because strikers can be dropped into the number ten role. Defenders can be moved from fullback into centre back, centre backs, etc. Midfielders can be moved around as needs and in injury crisis situations. There's only one spot for a goalkeeper. You know, so it's a it's just a case of biding your time. When the opportunity comes along, you've got to grab it. Like we've seen with Glover at the Borough, it's it's when that opportunity comes, and there's absolutely no reason why he can't. Mm. Yeah, hundred percent. Look, he's he's you know for me, you know, he, he's definitely he's proved his worth. I, I still think a goalkeeper is a, an area for Newcastle to target in the transfer window in the summer. I think Carrius, you know, clearly not up to not up to Premier League. Matches potentially, you know, and it seems to be a reluctance to put him on. I mean, Dubravka looked as if he could have gone off last night. You know, certainly looked like a dead leg. I'm sure he'd be feeling it this morning. Mm. But um, yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens. I want to say a good morning to Virgil Van Dijk, who clearly listens to the Northeast Footy Brecky Show, who just released a statement saying oh, that he's lad. quite he's quite happy at Liverpool. He doesn't want to leave anywhere. He doesn't want to leave. <laughs> said, con- contrary to discussions on three Northeast radio stations, I must just clarify my position. <laughs> yeah, it's cl- clearly definitely listening to the show this morning, but um, yeah, that, 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 that's fascinating. Does he sign off with Hi Steve at the end? Uh, 
no. <laughs> he, he didn't. He put uh, hi Daz. Oh, um, well, oh what? Daz is, what? What? Daz is, Daz is a friend of the stars, as we know. Right. Um, um, we've got a WhatsApp in, by the way. Shell's been on. She said, uh, Shell from Hartlepool. She says, seen Kaiser Chiefs live. Absolutely brill. Love Ricky. So there you go. So, um, yeah. oh, one, one ticket sold. Too. One ticket no, sold. 5,999 to go. That's it. <laughs> by the way, was it you, Steve? Was, was it what? Was it you? A lucky UK ticket holder has scooped a share of 123 million after winning the winning the Euro Millions jackpots. Not been claimed yet. So uh, oh, the national me. lottery, the national lottery have, is saying, check your tickets. I have ticked yeah, the will. box for privacy, lads. Ah. I will be making no comments. So Steve's now buying Gates Head. Gates yeah, okay. <laughs> Head under speculation. Um, and and with the other tenor. And with the other tenor, <laughs> yes. I, exactly. I, I did. I did once win 120 pound on the lottery. I think it was the probably the. I think I was within the first 18 months Whew. of the lottery, wow. which was. I think it was four numbers, and you were like, you know, I, you know, beads of sweat coming from your brow, thinking you were going to be walking away with thousands of pounds, and it was 120 quid because <laughs> about a million people had won the same prize. I got the <laughs> phone call. I got the phone call oh, off no my mum. She really? was. Uh, I used to pay her a chunk of money every month, and she just put the lottery on because I couldn't be bothered I'd never get there I'd miss it I'd miss weeks so she went I'll put it on for you just give me the money and she phoned me one day and she went uh, you need to sit down oh wow <laughs> it's the lottery and I'm thinking oh, oh, oh you're what <laughs> and she went um, you've got five out of six and it just <gasps> burst my bubble straight away because I mean hey it's better than a kick in the you know proverbials with a yeah. with a point of doobie um, I got 1500 quid which is better, like yeah, I say, is better than that's anything. That's not bad, mate. And do you nothing, know what? Yeah. Number three let me down. And guess what? The no. very next number for the ve- okay, well, the first number of the very next lottery draw was that came out. Number three. Number three. No. Yeah. But hey, I'm not complaining. 1,500 quid, that's probably better than anybody, you know, a lot of people have ever done. Yeah, it is, mate. It is. But no, 123 million. Wow. Check your tickets. That's yeah. an absolute nightmare, that. If, imagine, imagine if that just... Not a nightmare open. for me, mate, if I had it. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, if, if the guy doesn't claim it, though, imagine if you've oh, washed your ticket or something. You got a, oh, was it, what's the first oh, thing... Really, what's the first thing you would buy? If you won that amount of money, what's the first thing you would actually go out and buy? Obviously, you'd look after Salah. family, all that sort Salah, of thing. Yeah, blah, 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 family, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Them, you know. <laughs> pretty parasites. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but once you've done all that, What's the first thing you're going to buy, lads? A black card for Greg's. Oh, oh, living, living the look of their life. You get me to get your Greg's for free for the rest of your life. Well, we'll, try, we'll, we'll, we'll try that private because. Jet. Yeah. Private jet. Private jet. Private jet to get right over with his oils. Yeah. Well, we think, we think, we think uh, Greg should sponsor this show because there's nothing better than a Northeast Greg's breakfast, is there? Yeah. So there you go. There you go. Marketing, um, marketing people at Greg's, just take note. Yeah, exactly. You're putting the foot in the door. You're yeah. just absolutely shameless. <laughs> I love it. No, I love you're it. Shameless. Why not, Mr. Greggs? If you're listening, other, bake, other bakeries are available. No, the hell, hell. No, no, the hell. And if they, no, and if no, they, they want suck. to sponsor the show, it's up to you to get in touch and make Greggs do it. We will be making the call soon. Milligans. So if, other, if other bakeries are around, Cooplands and the like, if you want to be the Northeast Cooplands breakfast show, then then get in touch because we're heading towards Greggs very soon with a phone call. Mm. Oh, well, right. good luck with that. Um, Put that last... photo of Ted out the front. 
<laughs> Last five minutes of the show, lads. Rogers departing for Villa. He's uh, going to have his medical um, today. Um, um, you know, ultimately, it's it's, it's an earner that for, for Middlesbrough. Are they going to have? Yeah. Are they going to have anybody in? Right? Is there is there anybody going to come in? Anybody on the horizon in the last uh, you know, day, um, day and a half? I spoke to my window? sources yesterday. It's just people that I've been in touch with. HP and Heinz. You've been doing it. Yep. Uh, my my mayonnaise and uh, you know apparently uh, the, the sources are that obviously we didn't want to um, unless it was met but he was keen to go uh, obviously they met the valuation uh, it was in the middle of training uh, yesterday afternoon uh, that it was met and he was told come off the pitch and get in your car off you go so he, he travelled to to Villa last night he stayed there last night and he's up this morning for a medical and it should be all done by today. Um, is it a big loss? I think it's actually somewhere where you can afford to lose someone, if anything, uh, because of the likes of Ryland McGree, Sammy Sevilla to come back in that spot. We've got Finna Zaz, the signing in there as well, which I think is obviously that attacking midfielder role. I um, I don't know. I'm a bit perplexed with this one. I can see a good player there, but he hasn't set well to light for me this season at Borough. No. Uh, he hasn't, he hasn't, I haven't sat there and gone, my God, it's a Jack Clark. Do you know what I mean? It, it's, it, it, I haven't had that. No, if you have a look back at all the all the shows we've done, all the post matches where I've come in like an absolute lunatic, it hasn't been oh my god, Rogers. You know what I mean? It's been you know Angel and the form he came back to, or Joshy Coburn getting a goal, or you know, or just it, it, these sorts of things. I haven't, I don't think I've actually mentioned Rogers. So it, it, he hasn't set the world a lot. And I would argue last season, Giles, Akpom, Archer, Ramsey, even would were far better. Uh, exciting uh, than what Rogers has done this, you know, this season. So, and it's no disrespect to him, you know, good on him, and he deserves the move, and he's a young player, and he's got a big future ahead of him. But it's just interesting to see that, uh, you know, it wouldn't be someone that I thought people would be in for uh, from the borough. But yeah, he's got his move. Uh, it's a great paycheck for the borough. Six months on, turning one million into into sixteen million with add-ons is incredible business. And well, whether we'll be able to reinvest. My sources say, and I will read you the direct quote. Are you ready for this? My, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to add anyone, but I'll read exactly what they said, okay? So uh, they, I got told and I quote, ha, 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 no Aussies, but a couple of ambitious irons in the fire. Your neighbours will hate you if we pull one of them off. That's what I got told. So there's no Aussies, but uh, but yeah, your neighbours will hate you if we pull one of these off. Is Unless what you I got go told. to Papua New so, Guinea, but I don't think that'll be it. <laughs> So What's I don't it? know what that means, but we've been chasing a striker. Uh, whether we pull it off or not, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Possibly Kiefer Moore then. Mm, Dave, have you heard anything? Any of your sources come come good on this? No, I mean, I'm just looking at it from a fan's perspective on this one, which is, you forget the add-ons. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to oust Ollie Watkins or anybody like that. So, you know, any of those uh, performance uh, targets, uh, that, that, you know, the, the additional payments, the add-ons will need to be triggered by. I don't think he's ever going to get there. So 10 million quid, if it is true that uh, Villa have also paid off the 20%, uh, the, the couple of million to Man City uh, for the sell-on clause, I think it's a, it's a brilliant bit of business. Um, a million quid or there about six months ago, you know, stick a note on the end. Well done, Borough. I, I don't think we're going we're gonna to miss him. He's not a player, you know, with every respect to, to Morgan Rogers, and I, I cheered when he scores, um, but yeah. we're not going to miss him. We've got cover there already. We've got even more cover coming back, whether it be from injury or international duty. Yeah. Well done, Middlesbrough Football Club. Fantastic business. Yeah. Daz, what do you think? Yeah, good morning, gents. Um, I think morning, it's Daz. Morning. I think I think it's a great bit of business. Um, you know, we, we, we've said over the years, haven't we? You know, 
that why why do we always miss out? Why do we always you know yeah. we, we don't always seem to get the right deal or you know something doesn't seem quite right? Well, well, you know. We've this seen, one is yeah, yeah this one, one is, is absolute yeah. jackpot and uh, on the back of Akpom as well mate yeah. yeah and we've seen with the financials recently haven't we that have been released how important it is uh, yeah. for the club moving forward for us to do make sales like this you know yes the, the, the money that Gibson puts in is, is absolutely crucial but so is doing deals like this um, yeah. I, I think there's there's you know, is it too late in the window? Can we really expect a striker to come in and you know use all these funds? I suspect not. I think they're going to use this money, you know, to to shore up the team, to shore up the uh, club, um, and 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 rightly so. Um, One but, name we've forgotten about Daz, is Matthew Hop as well. Matthew Hop's yeah. there. Um, he's back. He's available as well. I'm not sure he'll get a game, and yeah. I'm not sure how close yeah. he is, but um, he is there, and he's a striker. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and we know, and we, we said this a couple of weeks ago, and I think somebody messaged in, didn't they, and they said, if we don't buy a striker, does that show our lack of ambition? And I thought that was a really interesting question because we know what we need. Mm. We need we need someone who yeah. puts the ball in the net. Um, yeah. And we, we do have some players, as you rightly pointed out, um, right? You know, we do have players at the club that can do that, just not as consistently as we want. So... No, I, I can't see anyone coming in. I hope I'm wrong, but I think it's it's a bit late uh, unless Carrick, Magic Character's got something on, up his sleeve and yeah, well. uh, we have an announcement by tomorrow. But I think uh, just a, tr- a fantastic bit of business. By what have we got? Thirty six hours. It's tomorrow. Yeah. It's tomorrow night. Yeah. 11 PM, isn't it? Yeah. Yellow tomorrow ties tomorrow, yeah. lads. Yeah. Yellow ties tomorrow. Hang on, hang yeah. on, hang on. Just before Craig we John's go. On the show. Just before we go. What's all this? By the way, hello, Shell. She uh, she got five in the lottery. Won eight hundred and forty quid. Uh, it Oof. was twenty number twenty five that let her down. But Jack, but fellow Borough fan, morning lads. A great morning, show as always. Thanks. Morning, Jack. Uh, thanks for the fun. Um, regarding Radio Dad, a little birdie's told me that he once owned a Nolan's LP. <laughs> Didn't have you down as a Nolan's fan. Once owned. Oh. You mean he still hasn't got it. Where's that scurrilous rumour come from? I have no idea. Right? Have you been have you been planting seeds? It was under his mattress next to his jazz mags. And on that I did manage to avoid the last topic on the list, lads. Hold on, what was it again? <laughs> no. Yes, good on you. Well done for avoiding. Have a good show, Daz. Yep. <laughs> See you tomorrow. Bye. 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 Oh, my goodness. From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and, and Ted. And him. Right across Hello. the Northeast. The red, the tune, and the...